0: Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast.
1: Here we go. Okay. Edit. Kevin, please edit. Seriously, edit. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast episode 17 love the smell of nitro in the morning part two hellies we have a special guest here kyle stacy i'm steve and here with me is kevin hey guys we have a friend and guest host chris reibert what's up and a very special first time guest host the one mr kyle stacy what's up guys hey how's everyone doing good good Get in there So for the folks that might not know Kyle, uh, I guess we could say for those Planker guys. (laughs) Wait a minute Uh here. Wait. You're going to call the guys that fly planes Planker guys
0: when you got a guy on that flies planes and multi-rotors and helicopters?
1: Is there a difference?
0: (laughs) I I guess we covered that before.
1: Yeah, Plankers
0: isn't just the specific thing you fly. It's uh, It's the the attitude. attitude.
1: Exactly. But uh, yes, yeah, so uh, let's uh, let's get to know Kyle a little. Tell us a little about yourself. Yeah, yeah, sure.
2: Uh, I'm 20 years old from Rochester, New York. I've been flying for about uh, 15 years now, 14, 15 years. Wow. Uh, my dad taught me to fly, and uh, I've been going to the field since I was two, and just uh, loved it ever since. Uh, I've been flying all over the world, all over Europe, all over the U.S., uh, Taiwan. Pretty much almost everywhere, so it's been a good time. Uh, currently, I fly for SAB, mm-hmm. BK Servos, uh, the Makado V Team, Scorpion Motors, Pulse Batteries, um, Hobbywing ESCs, and uh, OS Engines.
1: Wow, all my
2: favorite brands. Nice. That's right. Hey, I'm glad to hear that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just programmed a Hobbywing ESC. Yeah, how'd it go? It went good. I got a little programmer, and uh, I, w- I wanted to copy one setting from another, and it was the first time I used it. Plugged it in and out, powered it up, and it was great. I really didn't even need the manual or anything. Just went right through. You can see what's defaulted because the default settings have a little asterisk by them, and mm-hmm. it was it was awesome.
2: Yeah, those things are pretty awesome. i have having
1: a really good luck with them lately. Yeah. And they just released an 80 amp and a 130, right?
2: Yep, yep. I've been flying the 130 uh, lately doing some testing on it, and that thing is
1: just built like a tank. I have not had it fail at all. It's been awesome. Wow, and if you can't make it fail, then I'm sure <laughs> yes. 99% of the you know RC community will love it. Wow. <laughs> hey, you never know. <laughs> all right, so uh, let's see how's, how's everyone been this week, uh, what you guys been up to. Um, who should we
3: start with? Let's start with Chris. Uh-oh, me? <laughs> yes.
4: it's
3: It's been a busy week, so I finally got around to uh, ordering all those links parts, so I upgraded my Axie 255 the stretch that I originally bought off uh, Anthony mm-hmm. that I crashed, I put back to a normal oxy. Well I uh, I bought all the Lynx upgrades, so all the red all the red anodized parts, you know, the DFC yeah. arms, servo, tail servo mount, all the washers, tail pieces, and I restretched it, put it back to a stretch again. Figure with the two oxy I've got the Turek and the stretch, I might as well keep them the same size so parts are interchangeable. Um I got the new logo 550SX built, made in that, put two flights on that. Nice. As it was starting to snow and rain on me and this lovely weather we're having. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I'm a little let down. I bought the kit. It was supposed to come with the two Mikado cheerleaders um, (laughs) that you see in the video. And it was also supposed to come with the update for the V-Control to make it fly like Kyle Dahl, which it wasn't in the box. Um, Every SAB Goblin I've ever bought came with a kyle stacy feature in the radio so i could literally hit huh. ha- i could literally hand my radio over to kyle and all my models flew just like kyle stacy it was, it, was, it was awesome oh, man. wow dude um, i'm
0: like so confused already
3: <laughs> planker oh. <laughs> and and lastly probably the biggest news to me in three decades is the Piper Cub, the quarter-scale Piper Cub for my papa, is on my workbench, and nice. I'm getting it ready for the spring re awesome. um, Basically, it's been an entire lifelong dream of mine. I saw it fly when I was eight years old. It was 1988, maiden flight, and one of the wings came off. I watched it crash. I cried a lot. And uh, I haven't seen it fly since. I guess my papa's best friend rebuilt it, put a couple flights on it, and it lived at his house for years until my nana got it back. Um so I've never really seen it fly other than that Maiden. Um, so I've got – last night I got the NEO in it, all the servos. I got the gas and oil yesterday. Um, so that thing, we should be starting that up in a, in a few days here or a few weeks depending on the weather. So, yeah, so that's going good. And then my wife also planned us a little mini vacation at the end of June in Pennsylvania, and she told us that she wants to take a little slight right detour early Saturday morning – to check out some fun fly that's happened in New Jersey. I don't know if you guys heard anything about that fun fly.
1: I think yeah. so. You mean the free fall RC
3: heli fest? <laughs> I think so. Yes. Nice. So that's that fun. so that was my my week. A lot a lot of fun, cool stuff. So I'm looking forward to uh, the weeks to come. Nice.
0: You nice. know that's why I didn't buy a logo was because I heard that the cheerleaders didn't come with it. So ah, uh, so you knew in advance. Okay. Yeah.
3: I think they might be stuck in customs. I gotta call them tomorrow. Find out.
0: Yeah, they're stuck in customs. All right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: My man. wife is there with a baseball bat stuck in customs.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man! So, Kevin, how about you? What you been up to?
0: Well, dude, I, I'll I'll keep the non-RC related stuff quick, man. Work has been insane. Like, I got the other day by two o'clock, I had twelve hours and it was ridiculous and that was like the end of my on-call week they'd just been bothering the hell out of me like three o'clock in the morning four o'clock in the morning mm. but that's all done and uh well yeah i had a good time on saturday we got together with uh, the president of the club mike and um we did like a heli build day something we've been trying to do for a while and it's a shame anthony couldn't make it he had some yeah. uh, family or something going on yeah but it was uh, it was you and myself, and Mike, and Ricky from the club, we all got together in two car garage, and it was good. I had a good time. I really had a good time. Mike is a pisser, man. I, I freaking yeah, totally. I love yeah. hanging out with him, man. He's just—he's mm-hmm. like the comedian's best friend, dude. He laughs. He—he he loves laughing and loves having a good time. And yeah, yeah. We, just, we had a great time. Awesome. So, um, I programmed that Hobby Wing like I was talking about. Just like I said about an hour ago, I went through the oxy that I have now that I bought. The Wing used, and I had never programmed it. And I checked that out just to get some settings, and uh, I just had to change like three settings. And then the sport is where I put the new Hobby Wing ESC.
4: Okay. So I,
0: I made in that, um, just hovered it in the driveway, and you know I was saying there was some tail wag when I uh, when I tried to maiden it
4: mm-hmm.
0: before. I was texting you guys saying there was a little tail wag, and it was gone. So nice, pulled it- up nice, and I think I had it on soft start or something like that or no it should should have been on very soft start and the governor mode was off so it was just like i was hitting the throttle man and it was just
1: cranking right up So, so i'm curious with that hobby wing how do you um so with the programming card you you program a governing mode right and then how do you set the head speeds on that
0: well there's this particular one just has governor high and low and off okay so factory default is off and that, combined with the start, you know, the the slow start, mm-hmm. um, is probably what made it, like, jump right up when I first plugged it in and tried to fly it. Right. I mean, I'm I'm not still on kind of, like, the beginner level of all the programming and stuff like that. I usually get them going. You give me a, a big hand in getting things going, and then, you know, I'm out there flying it. So um, that went good. You know, I wanted to see if I could do it myself. I did the whole yeah. programming of the ICON myself and all that. Awesome, man. And uh, then I ordered a 3D printer, too, today. Which awesome. i get that in, like, a couple days. Oh, that's cool. Is it a kit or is it come pre-built? It comes, this one, I looked at two. I looked at both were Lutz bots and one was the Mini, which I think is already together. Okay. Uh, the The TAS 5 was was together. Uh, what they do is they, they have them all set up, and they do a test print, and they actually send you the little test print. So they know everything works. Mm-hmm. I think the mini comes just set up. You don't have they don't have to break it down for shipping. The TAS 5, they have to pull like the X axis out and just wrap it up separately.
1: Oh, that's awesome, man. I'm sure you're gonna have fun running that 3D printer uh, twenty four hours a day.
0: I got I got I got some stuff already that I'm already gone and created in a three D environment and um basically what I want to do is turn that Home Depot case into a nice nicer charging case. Mm-hmm. You
1: got a chance to see that on Saturday. It's... Yeah, no, it looked great. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming along. Yeah, it's mocked up nice. You just got to get the final pieces and it'll be be perfect.
0: Yeah, and I was thinking I'm going to get the the large TAS 5 because it has the huge print bed. It's almost like a cube, uh, a foot cubed. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I'm thinking, you know, what I want to do with that, I can really just do it with plastic and just make connector pieces, you know, with the smaller one. I really didn't need to spend the money on the large one.
1: Yeah, because I think it's like double the price, right? Yeah, so that was my week, dude. I guess I'll go. Uh, so yeah, yeah, we we did the uh, the build day. Oh man, I've been waiting for that for. I mean, I think I s- spoke about it in the last like three or four episodes that I've been wanting to do the build day. I've never had a helicopter kit sitting just underneath my build table for for months, just sitting there, like driving me nuts. So yeah, we got to do that. Um, it was awesome. We went. F- I basically went from unboxing to maiden that day, um, the Deoxy 3 Tariq.
0: I know. That's crazy, man. Yeah.
1: And I think it's also part because, you know, thank you, Chris, but, uh, you know, I switched over to, you know, the Neos and the V-Control, and it was just like the setup on the flybar was, you know, it was so quick. It was just going through the menu real quick, and I didn't even buy the, the pro software for it yet. I just kind of was like, ah, eh, it has Express. Let me just load it up and, and at least just test hover it. And, yeah, I mean, I think it took, like, five hours total to build, you know, and stopping for lunch and kind of hanging out. But, yeah, I got it to hover. I was hovering fine. It seemed fine. I flipped inverted. That was cool. I did a little bit of TikToks and everything held. The, the tail didn't move at all. It was just – it felt locked in right off the bat, you know, with with the Express setup, too. I've never tried the Express. I just – I got a eel. I just said, okay, let's spend 100 euros and get the upgrade, you know? So – um, yeah, I was really impressed by that. So that's that's really cool. That's the cool. tail. The tail is too slow, um, you know, rotation wise for me. I don't know how much you can adjust that with the express, or if you can even adjust that at all. But um, so I'll probably end up getting the pro, if not pro rescue on there. Um, besides that, I worked on the uh, Kevin six Mini Raiden. I fixed that up since the crash at Neff, and then I built the. Uh, the dart plane that he also uh, designed. Um, just gotta put the electronics in there, and we should be good to go for the uh, for flight fest with that. So nice, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: So, dude, That's, I don't in the process that you had of changing over from Spectrum to the V V bar. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what your oxy was on. Was that on V bar? Your other one?
1: No, my 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 regular three cube is still running an Icon. and oh, I thought know, so. So this yeah. is your
0: first time flying an Oxy with that with the V bar? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah.
1: And I mean to tell you the truth, I can't really I'm not good enough to tell the difference. But just the overall setup process, not having to hook up to a computer, I mean Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean <laughs> I can't say it's worth the four hundred or three hundred dollar difference plus the radio and all that stuff, but it it just it, it was just like oh you know, like Mike was still sitting there and he was still fussing and he had Rick over there like trying to help him get his icon set up. And I'm like, do, 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 do. Let's get this going. Oh, I'm ready to meet it, guys. Let's go. <laughs> you know, and he's, they're still like setting it up. I'm like, wow.
0: You know, I wanted to say, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong because I'm still kind of new at all this. But mm-hmm. when I have three uh, icons now, I have the one on the Goblin 380 and the one on the Oxy and now the one on the Sport. Um, And I just copy in in my radio just copy that model and then when i go into the setup for the icon most of those settings are still okay you know where you you know, move the sticks back and forth and it's got to be in the green area Mm
1: -hmm. and all that yeah you got to be at the max endpoints and all that
0: i mean that Uh helps starting from scratch like we did at that one night at your house with the the 380 that that took Mm -hmm. a while yeah but the copy it was was quick
1: for me yeah yeah i mean i don't think the radio i think the radio is always going to be the same you know, I don't think that's going to really need... So, like, copying the model is fine. Yeah, which is good. But, you know, in the Icon itself, you got to make sure you uh, select the right heli size and stuff like that. Yeah. Sort of the default settings. If you're using the basic mode, you know, the basic menu. So, so Kyle, what you been up to? <laughs>
2: well, uh, as Chris said, uh, the weather here has been so, uh, so lovely. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's been a lot of sitting around and just uh, working on helis, but... Right now I'm just uh tuning up the nitros, getting them ready for uh some events coming up, making sure the black thunder's all good to go. So uh yes. just getting everything ready and checking them over. That's
1: nice. Yeah. Nice. Not bad. All right, so talking about the Black Thunder and the Goblin Nitros, the Sab Nitros, uh let's kind of jump into our main topic. So so Heli Nitros. Um we did you know, last episode was about nitros and gasser planes now we want to kind of go over on the heli aspect of this so um i know chris you dabbled in the gasser i know you posted the uh was it a, a 630 or is that 700 uh conversion kit that you had on our facebook page
3: that was my uh goblin 630 competition uh, that cool. one that was my first dabble in gasser Mm-hmm. Um, I want to give it a try. I'm always looking for something new to review and, you know, help people out on. So right. I talked to Kerry Shirley at Gas Powered Thoughts. He's like, he's one of the big gasser guys in the United States. Yes. Um, and after talking for like 20 minutes, he sends me an invoice with everything I need to buy. Shipped in about two days. It came in two different boxes. One was all the conversion parts. And then the other one was a 30cc TRM engine and, and muffler. Mm-hmm. Um total build time to convert over from my existing flying 630 donor helicopter. It was less than four hours. It was really easy. Instructions is just the one one piece of paper front and back with a diagram. So Carrie had a nice uh, video of how to kind of put it together. So okay. I, I I did that video and then when I was done with mine, I actually did a step-by-step photos for people who are trying it. But definitely it was worth the fun. I think it all invested. I think it was around $1,200 for the conversion, the motor, and, like, all the fuel starting equipment, um, gas and, and and fuel pump. Um, it, it was a fun machine. I had it for a whole season, and, and my buddy Ron's got it now, and he's loving it. Total flying weight is only a pound heavier than the 630, so really flying, other than the sound and some smoke, it didn't really feel that much different. You know, It was a heavy machine. Yeah. Now, now I know a lot of the gas guys who fly them, are flying them on a 700 or 770 because the 630 just has, you know, horrible disc loading for the yeah, ratio. Yeah, that's what I heard, right. But, I mean, for my flying style, it felt like I was flying my electric model. Flight times 10 to 15. Like, I ran mine, I think it was two. what was it, Kyle, too two rich. So I was, I was lacking on my flight time between 7 to 10 minutes. But um, mm-hmm. you, you can get a 10 to 15-minute flight out of it if it's tuned right. At the time I was flying Icon without a governor, I was just flying V curves, so I didn't really have it tuned well. Okay. Right before I got rid of it, I started leaning it out more to gain more flight time. But ten to fifteen minute flights, um, when I was breaking it in, doing the idle and you know spool ups in a in yard, okay. I went through I went through I think five tanks on break in. It would run for 45, 50 minutes. Oh on my break-in. god! <laughs> Holy wow! God. I, I like the sound of it. It wasn't the true you know, nitro feel because nitros have a way better disc loading. They're a lot lighter. They're probably good 8 to 10 pounds lighter. Um, but I had fun with it for a season. The wife and my parents hated the sound of it. I mean, it was loud. It had the <laughs> RJX pipe on it. It was a to- tuned pipe. So it was loud. A couple of the guys <laughs> in the club didn't like it. Like hey, We yeah. got this, we got this one guy in our club who loves going out there in a lawn chair and flying for like a half hour. So I'm like, all right, you know, I'm going to go up, so I'll go down in the corner here. And the second I start flying, he'd land. Like, he, <laughs> he, he hated when I went out. He'd like, we have the planker types in our club, but most of the guys are, are cool with the helicopters, and they don't mind flying with us. Okay. Um, but it was a fun experience. It was, it was, like I said, very easy to build. The the, the the CNC parts and the clutch bell housing, everything was spot on. It comes with G, G10 frame conversions, which I was kind of skeptic of G10. Yeah. Because, you know, you hear how it's not as strong as carbon fiber, um, but the, the width of the G10 was really thick. Okay. Um, so I enjoyed it. I just got rid of it because it, with the two kids, I can't play with more toys unless toys go. So I'm constantly recycling my fleet to play with the next latest and greatest and you know, do my reviews, take my pictures and share my experience with people. But Ron is loving the shit out of it. He uh I'll post some pictures up when we when this goes live on Friday. Mm-hmm. He put a – uh oh, Kyle, what's the pipe called? Is that the power? What the mm. is it? You're
2: nitro guy.
3: I don't know. I know it's. I forgot the name of the pipe, but it looks like a. It looks like a little KX50 dirt bike <laughs> pipe. Like it's got a huge tuned pipe that comes out of it.
4: Oh wow, nice! And,
3: and he's loving the shit out of it. He said he's going to stretch to 700 on um, this spring.
0: So is it louder with that pipe on there, or is it just more efficient?
3: Yeah, no, it's more horsepower, and it's got it's got a completely different sound. Being a two-stroke engine, mine was kind of like this beefier, rattly tune. And this one has more of a two-stroke sound. Okay. Um, and I, and okay. I ran it on the Coleman. A lot of guys ask, you know, what, what I was running on. You can run it on the Power Master fuel. You can run it on normal 93 octane oil mix. I actually ran mine on Coleman camping fuel. Price, yeah. Tell I us mean, more about
1: the Coleman camping fuel.
3: So the reason I went the Coleman route is I don't mind the smell of gas if my lawnmower is in a shed. But two reasons I don't I didn't go the gas route. One. I hate getting gas in my hands at the gas pump because you can't get it off. It just stinks. And then I don't want to transfer the smell of gas onto a $800 V-control radio for one. <laughs> right. Yeah. And two, my hobby room is also my wife's office and the kid's playroom. And a lot of my nicer helicopters are inside the house. I don't keep them in the garage. Mm-hmm. So if that was running on 93 octane, it basically smell like someone storing a lawnmower in a yeah. playroom. Um, so I went to Coleman Round after after talking to Kay Shirley and, and my buddy Tom Welch. They said, you know, try the Coleman. You might not get as much horsepower. Um, at the time, it was $12.95 a gallon. I still did a 32-to-1 mix with racing motorcycle racing oil. Um, it just burned really clean, not as much smoke. Didn't have the normal gas or smell. It kind of had like a camping site smell, but it, it was clean. I mean, most nitros, as Kyle knows, and the reason I don't do them is I'm kind of a sissy when it comes to my stuff and I hate grease. And when I flew yeah. the nitros, it was a mess. I yeah.
4: mean,
3: if you want if you want to oil your servos, the helicopter does it for <laughs> you. So with with a gasser, one paper towel, a little little residue on the tail boom, and that's because I was running it uh, really, really rich. So if it's leaned out right, you might get a little residue coming out of the tip of the pipe. But other than that, it's a very clean machine. Some guys say nah, I don't like it. You know, I can get more horsepower out of octane. Or you know, normal gas.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So be it. You know, with this cub, I just picked up a gallon yesterday. The new the new Coleman brand that Walmart's selling. I think it was what, six six ninety four or seven ninety four a gallon. So it's Jeez. a couple dollars less than the Coleman. And I'm gonna do okay. the same mix I'm gonna do the same mixture in the airplane. Nice.
0: And that's that and I asked you about whether or not that was like a weed whacker motor, and you said that's a chainsaw motor on that, right?
3: Yes. So we did the research last night. My buddy got back to me at 11 o'clock last night. It's actually a, a 36cc US engines. It came out of a, um, an Eager Beaver chainsaw that was, that was converted <laughs> yeah. over. Eager Beaver, oh, man. So it's, it hasn't run since the late 80s. So, worst case scenario, I'm out twenty bucks for a brand new Makuni carb, so the, it it turns over really nice. It's got tons of compression. Okay. So the only thing that's going to go bad in a gas engine like that is the carburetor. Yeah. Right. I, I put the brand new tank in it, plumbed it all up. So I'm hoping turn it over this week and hear it pop.
1: Nice. So you mentioned nitros and uh, you know the grease and the oils, basically that leaves on uh, on your heli. I'm just curious, would that uh, help with the UV fade? <laughs> Probably, <laughs> <laughs> because I get that on my goggles all the time. I, I mean, I wax it here and there, but I just I, I'm not that um, stringent with it. Like I don't know.
0: Mine's always in the shade or under a blanket. Yeah, yeah, you have a towel or blanket over it, right? I can't
3: believe I, I can't believe how long it's been since I touched nitro. I figured that would have been a question coming up tonight. So I went on Runrider to check my post when I sold my last nitro. I had was a Raptor 50SC. Wow, and uh, I checked my run. I checked my run writer post. It was October, 2006 is when I sold it. So I'm coming up on ten years wow. since I've since I've owned. I've, I've flown a couple of Kyles, but it's been ten yeah. years since I've actually owned one. And the only thing that pushed me away was the mess. I can't stand the mess.
2: Oh yeah. please, it's part of the experience, my friend.
3: No, the experience is the sound and the smell. The sound and the sm-
1: yes, exactly. No. I do love that. I, I love the sound and the smell of it.
3: Okay. Every time Kyle starts it up, I run over and I start waving my shirt under it. He just starts laughing. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: dude, 15-minute flight times. My God, I'd be a nervous wreck by the end of that 15 minutes. Yeah. If so I'm like five minutes and I'm like, all right, I still got the helicopter in one piece. I'll bring it down and I'm happy.
3: Kyle <laughs> would walk away. He's like, all right, I'll film you for four to five minutes and that's about all you get. Shoot an <laughs> shoot yeah. auto. Shoot an auto. We'll end the video and then you go back up because I'm gonna stand in here for another 10 minutes.
2: Yeah. yeah, we do we do like a four minute video. He still has three quarter tank. I'm like, all right, buddy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta wrap this up. <laughs> Your arms get tired holding that
1: camera out. You're like a yeah. oh, cameraman. It's, yeah. It's rough. <laughs> uh so Kyle, uh, I wanna hear I wanna hear a lot of detail about the uh the Black Thunder. I'm I'm really excited about the uh Goblins first nitro. Mm-hmm. Black so, nitro, not black thunder. Black Thunder, Black Nitro. Isn't both the same heli just one's electric, one's uh you know Um, nitro within reason yeah they're both 650 size right they're both that new size sabs release that's correct okay
2: yeah
1: cool yeah so uh yeah give us some details about that you know describe because i know you i know you had some teaser pictures released on facebook when um when i guess you guys were testing yeah
2: yeah 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 uh we've been testing that thing for quite a while now just trying to get everything worked out Mm-hmm. It's been uh, in the works for a couple years now, actually. Uh, really? We wow. started, yeah, we originally started talking about it in 2013, uh, how we wanted to do it. And then, you know, some things kind of got in the way. Some electric stuff kind of took priority for a while. But mm-hmm. uh, glad to say it's finally here. Uh, it's been a long time coming. You know, I've been flying Nitro since I started flying. So I really wanted to have a Goblin Nitro. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's pretty sweet. As you said, it's a 650, so it swings 650 millimeter blades. Uh, running on a standard 90-size engine, so like a OS91 or 105 or any of the YS big engines will fit. Okay. Uh, and then there's also a stretch kit to a 700, so if you want to swing 690 to 710 blades, you can get the stretch kit. Um, yeah, wow. that thing's pretty sweet, man. It's lightweight, man. Mine's like 10-ish pounds, I think. I haven't oh. weighed it officially, but that thing is super light.
1: Yeah, that does sound real light. sounds yeah. definitely lighter than my 700 cop. Oh, yeah, by far, for sure. Yeah. So so with nitros, right? Like, I mean, I guess, you know, I've I've never dabbled in nitro helis. Uh, I don't think Kevin has either. Um, Just that Cox know, heli. True, true, yeah. <laughs> the last percent, one, yes. <laughs> what's, what's some of the things that you want to kind of give advice to, to like a new, you know, nitro heli pilot? Like, you know, someone who's trying to get into it, but really doesn't know anything about it and, What kind of tips and tricks can you uh, advise? Uh, Yeah, the
2: biggest thing is just engine tune. Um, Mm. You really want to keep that engine rich. The worst thing you can do for a new engine is run it lean, run it too hot. It's absolutely terrible for it. Before you know it, you have a dead engine and have to go out and buy a new one. So really just keep it rich for, you know, 10-ish flights. After about 10 flights, you can start leaning it out. Okay um, Smack Talk Bobby Watts and Burt Cameron Did a great video On how to tune And break in engines uh, They covered all the basics And everything you need to know um, Nice But yeah Just uh, be careful With the engine And uh, remember to charge Your receiver pack Because it's not a BEC anymore <laughs> <laughs> Right so a,
1: that thing can fall Out of the air If you don't keep uh, Keep an eye on that Yeah yeah That would be crazy um, So like how, Like for break in How would you How many like motor um, Fuel tanks or, or so Would you be using or do you recommend?
2: Um, it kinda depends on the engine itself. Uh I've been flying OS for as long as I can remember. So I'd kinda do between uh seven to ten before I really start flying it hard. Uh the first few I'll just fly low RPM, just mm-hmm. fly the uh the needles that OS suggests, you know, just keep it keep it low, keep it slow, you know, don't let it get hot or anything. And then uh, do that about three or four flights. After that, I'll start going in a little bit on the needles, get it get it running hot. Then one thing I do is I run the tank all the way out because you know once you run out of fuel, it starts to lean out and get hot. Yeah. Uh, so uh, as you go up in flights, you can get it running hotter and hotter. And then uh, by around flight ten, I get it lean to where it's making good power and being safe on the engine. And then uh, we're good from there. That's about okay. it.
0: Okay.
2: Now, how do you yeah. tell the
0: difference between? I know Rich, you would you would tell because there's a lot of smoke coming out. Mm-hmm. How, how do you know, like, when you get to that sweet
2: spot where it's between rich and lean? It's it's a funny thing. It's it's kind of just how it feels and how it sounds. Um, okay. When it's running hot, it sounds kind of tingy, kind of like uh, Chris's gasser did when it was idling. Um, okay. Almost like yeah, it's detonating. Yeah, a little bit. And then, like, if you start beating on it and the smoke goes away, that's a real big red flag that you're running it too hot. Oh, okay. Uh, and then uh, just another thing is like temperature if you touch the back plate with your finger and it kind of burns your hand it's running too hot <laughs> but yeah if you hit throttle hole and it kind of dings and doesn't come right to idle then it's running hot as well so there's just a few uh few things to look for
1: okay so with nitro helis is there um is there two stroke and four stroke or is it just all like two stroke yeah it's just all two stroke there's okay. only really one uh one kind of engine you get okay this is actually a question that my uh, our club president had. Now he heard about this uh, on a helicopter. You can hook up some way to have an in-flight mixture, so you can actually just uh, lean it out or give it more. Yeah, is is there such thing? Like, I'm. It was popular a couple years ago.
2: It's not really something we do anymore. But there was something you could put on the needles uh, and put a put a ball link on it and have a servo on there. Oh, okay. You just plug it into an open channel somewhere, and you can just put it on like a knob or something like that, and lean it or richen it as you fly. I
1: feel like I would hit that knob by mistake and pop. <laughs> just lean it all the way out and kill yeah. your engine. <laughs> See a connecting rod and a piston just come shooting out the side of it. Exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> it sounded feasible when we were talking about it. Like that, you could do that pretty
1: easy.
2: Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. It was popular some years ago, but it's not. Uh, people don't really do it anymore.
1: And is there any, like, special maintenance you have to do with nitro helis compared to, say, for a nitro plane or a nitro car?
2: Um, not really. I mean, I just check the bearings every six months or so, just make sure they're not, uh, you know, going bad or anything like that. Check the ring. Mm-hmm. There's nothing really special. Uh, the only thing that I, like, like, ritually do is I leave fuel in the tank all the time. Uh, okay. just because I use a fuel magnet. And for those of you that don't know that's just a pickup in the fuel tank with a piece of foam around it so that you can fly every last drop in the tank. And if that ever gets dry then it starts to wear out and you know it just it breaks down. So I just okay. I leave I leave fuel in it all the time to keep that wet and uh keep the uh the tank uh o-rings wet
1: as well. Okay. So going back to the black nitro um I I thought the design was quite interesting as far as the placement of the motor and the gas tank,
4: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, compared to like the Leviathan conversion gaster where like the engine is basically, and where most nitro engines are kind of like right smack in the middle, um, mm-hmm. in line with, I guess the, the main shaft or the, you know, the center of the heli, the center of gravity, mm-hmm. and then usually the tank on the outside. And mm-hmm. I, I, found it very interesting that Goblin or SAB went with the other route, keeping the engine on the outside and the tank in the middle. Yep. Um, do you know why they decide to do that? Like, yeah, yeah, that was actually <clears throat> done on
2: purpose. Uh, the engine is far out because it's a two stage, so it has the same motor belt that mm-hmm. uh, the electric album has. Okay. And then uh, the fuel tank's right on the main shaft, and the reason for that is as the level changes, your CG doesn't.
1: That's so, what I thought. Okay.
2: Yeah, from beginning to end, it's going to with the same. It's going to roll pretty much the same because the fuel level is changing a little bit, but. Uh, it's just so from beginning to end, the CG doesn't change. Oh, nice. Wow.
3: And that, that engine in front, Kyle, too, that's kind of compensating for the heavier carbon-fiber tail boom, right? Like us shifting our batteries forward?
2: Um, yes and no. It's actually out there to just for balance in general. Uh, they actually changed the boom a little bit with these kits, and they're lighter overall. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it's just out there for balance since the tank uh, is kind of far forward now.
3: I watched Kyle's video when he was talking about the you know, black nitro. I love how easy the engine comes out for maintenance. You have to swap motors yeah. or, or change pistons. I mean, what is it, Kyle? A couple bolts and a belt and the, the whole engine's in your hand?
2: Yeah, it's four bolts and uh, the whole engine mount comes out. So the, uh, the engine mounts to two metal plates, which mount to the frame with four bolts. Uh, four bolts and you have your whole engine in your hand. Wow. That, that's nice. That's awesome. Yep. So if you ever need to pull it apart and... If you need to look at the fan or the
1: clutch or anything on the inside of the engine it's four bolts and it's out um during your testing has anyone put one in because having the engine in the front seems like a sure way that i'll break that engine (laughs) (laughs) uh yes it
2: did go in um not by myself i'm not gonna name who (laughs) but uh it did hit and it did hit on concrete and uh, i have seen a lot of comments and heard from people that they're worried they'll break engines but This one hit almost full speed, uh, right on the nose slash side, and uh, all they did was break the fan shroud. The engine's perfectly fine. Wow. wow. Yeah, it actually happened twice, coincidentally. <laughs> <laughs> same and, person uh, twice? <laughs> yeah, yeah, same person. Oh, wow. Was it the same maneuver? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I wasn't oh, there, but oh, okay. I, I just heard the horror story.
1: <laughs> wow. When, when you're flying, I guess when you're flying nitro helis, I mean, like, if you have, if the engine cuts out, I mean, you just kind of auto it, and I guess, um... I don't know I'm just I, f- I feel like it's a little different than airplanes right because airplanes they glide it's kind of easier I mean in your Nitro days do you, do you have a lot of times where like the engine will cut out
2: um it's pretty rare um usually they give you at least a couple second warning while they'll start popping or they'll go lean and you get a warning before they shut off altogether oh okay. Um I've only had it happen once or twice and I've been able to auto it down so it hasn't been an issue
0: Okay. When you guys were testing, did you did you try that? Well, auto rotation. Yeah. Did you try that at all, or?
2: Oh yeah, did pretty much everything I could, and the uh, thing auto's really well. Since it's a night show, we're not running the motor belt as tight, so there's really not too much drag in the system overall. Oh okay. So yeah, yeah. I think it auto's pretty much like any other night show, in my opinion.
3: That was one of my key points to bring up to Kyle. I have him discuss disc loading, disc loading versus weight ratio, because I know of all the thousands of autos I've ever seen Kyle do in the ones I videotaped, I think is probably the coolest autos ever that I've witnessed him do are with a nitro because his hang time, he shuts that motor off at like 500 feet. And I mm-hmm. swear to God, some of these past nitros he's owned, I feel like he's up there for two minutes doing acrobatic <laughs> autos. So Kyle, there, there's definitely, with a nitro, it's a lot lighter towards the end of the flight. Mm-hmm. Do you think you get better hang time and disc loading with a nitro versus a heavy electric model with a battery weight never changes you oh well, yeah you,
2: like you said as you, as you fly the more you fly the lighter it's getting And by the time you're done that thing probably weighs like eight pounds ish somewhere in there so if you're swinging 690s or even 710s i mean that thing is super light on the disc so it as long as there's no road drag in the system you can hang out some serious autos and even regain some head speed if you know what you're doing
1: so i uh, guess yes i didn't know that i thought it, a heavier heli would be better for autos because you know it'll Basically, gravity will pull it down quicker. You can go more negative pitch. You get that head speed up. Um, but, yeah, you're, so I'm guessing you're saying that the lighter birds actually auto better?
2: Yep, the lighter birds. So if you can get, like, a super light 700 or, like, a night show and run, like, mm-hmm. 710 blades, that's pretty much the perfect combo for autos. Yeah, wow. awesome. Wow. You can get some good hang time and do some cool stuff on the way
3: down. Well, I remember the one day where after it was, like, a Sunday, You, myself, and Devin, we were bored, and Kyle was just sh- – shooting autos for like 10 minutes and um we, we stuck a table t- we stuck a tabletop out in the middle of the field you know a little four by six tabletop And i okay. was shooting acrobatic autos and still had enough hang time at the end to come in like an airplane make a 180 turn and set it down on a tabletop like t- 10 <laughs> autos in a row every time
1: Jeez, yeah. wow i mean i'm still a helly noob and I can't, like, I don't know, I, I I love my helis enough to, like, I don't want to just, you know, cut the engine and, and try <laughs> it, you know, from, like, from real heights, like, 10 feet, fine, you know, maybe I'll break a yeah. skin if I do it wrong, but, you know, I, I mean, I see you guys going way up there, you can barely see the heli, and then that thing just comes like a mist, like, shoo, coming down, and you do that little half pier at the end, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, wow. I, I, I mean, how do you get to a point where you, you, you know, you can do that? Like, Or it's, you have the colonists to do that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's probably a little bit of both, but uh, it's just second nature to me now. It's just like driving a car. You know, you hardly even think about it. You just, you just do it. I mean, like I said, I've been flying for 15 years. So yeah. to go out and shoot a big auto, it's just, you know, it's just another day at the office. I don't even think about it anymore.
3: He, Kyle still busts my balls every week. And he's like, why are you coming in landing?
4: shooting an yeah. auto, yeah. and I'm the guy auto. that goes
3: up 1,000 feet, and I go full negative, and I wait to the last second to flare because I'm so worried about tipping over or losing head speed.
4: Right, and when, right. And
3: when, and when I do have a successful auto, I'm about 20 feet out in the middle of the field, and Kyle's saying, um, are you going to walk and get it? You should have landed <laughs> it. Why, why is it not 10 feet from you? <laughs> he's, okay. landing,
2: he's landing in a different area code.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was going to ask Kyle. He doesn't have to yeah. answer it. Like, we can edit it out. <laughs> Do you have a favorite between these two new ones that, that have come out?
2: Um, I don't know if I have a favorite. Um, they all kind of have their different their different uh, styles and the uh, way they fly. I think the one I fly the most is the Nitro in the 700 configuration. Uh, it just flies so light and so fast and changes direction real well. But the 650 is cool. Has a lot, absolute ridiculous amount of power behind it. And uh, the Black Thunder is pretty cool as well. Nice and light. And I uh, have it set up to fly for like five minutes right now, which is pretty cool. Nice low that's, head speed. Yep. That's so, cool, man. They're all just different. Different flights for different days. Nice.
3: So, Kyle, you know, you, know, you and I go out there every weekend. And you know, the, the helicopter flight after flight can kind of get repetitious. So we tend to bring out some other toys to play with. You know, you're trying to get me into the FPV. You mm-hmm. and I have always gone out there on days and just flown planes for an hour. We sit back in a chair. We tra- you know, we switch transmitters. We just have fun <laughs> gliding around. Yep. Um, I showed the boys your FPV video last week. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit more about, you know, when you're out there on a Saturday and Sunday, what else What else do you and I like doing to kind of pass the time? Because, you know, people know you for your helicopter videos and competition, and, you know, you'll be number one in the world. But, I mean, if it, if it can hover or fly this kid will fly the shit out of it um, <laughs> so, so talk about some other experiences and you know your new stuff you're kind of dabbling with because i watched that fp video like five times yesterday over and over again
2: <laughs> yeah I just uh could flies as i probably have it is uh probably the best way to explain it um yeah when chris and i are at the field you know a long day back to back you know we always want something different to do uh so i have some planes uh, extreme flight extra 300 uh, with a v-bar in it of course uh, so that's pretty fun to mess around with chris and i have some planes we buy together and uh, stuff like that but lately i've picked up the fpv thing uh, it's gotten pretty popular as i'm sure you guys know so i'm just kind of dabbling with that figuring it all out uh to be honest i'm really not into the whole racing thing uh, i tried it before at burke Cameron's house racing him and some buddies and it's okay. just not really my thing uh the freestyle thing is a lot more uh, fun for me you know doing flips and rolls and Flying around stuff, the whole proximity thing, so yeah, it's just fun. You know, it's kind of like flying uh, F-16, but a whole lot safer and a whole lot cheaper.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a whole lot cheaper. Yeah,
2: a whole lot cheaper, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, when yeah. I watch, like, the uh, multi-rotor guys, like, racing around a track, and I'm like, yeah, that's kind of cool, but, you know, then, like, we have members that, like, don't, like, just whip it around and, like, flip it, axis roll, and then come back and flip it the other way. Like, that stuff and the hang time they get with these little quads impressed me, you know.
2: Oh, it's insane! They just build up enough speed, and it's just inertia and just yeah, hang time momentum, hands. right? It's awesome, yeah. But there's a lot of good people out there doing it. So no, not to not to discredit the speed guys, you know, the racing stuff's mm-hmm. really hard. I had a lot of trouble with it at first, but it takes a lot of skill and precision. But I don't know, the freestyle thing just kind of suits uh, suits what I've been doing the longest. So yeah, it's
1: just just a different uh, different uh, change of pace. I don't know, something else to play with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I like that stuff. I want to get good at freestyle, you know, with the quads. But I feel like flying quads, the uh, the, the throttle management is so different than helis. I don't want to confuse myself and then drive in one of my helis. <laughs> you, know? <laughs>
2: you know, that that's funny. It's kind of like a, a fixed-pitch 3D helicopter is the way I think of it. Uh, There's yeah. no negative. There's right. no negative at all. So you really got to be careful that when you're inverted, you don't try and cut the power.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Just, Go to mid and just wait to get right side up again. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, it's cool; it's different. Um, I don't actually have that much more Nitro questions. I think uh, for the most part, we answered a lot of the the basis of Nitro in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got you, I've
3: got a few more, Steve. Do you? Okay, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm just why. trying to th- just trying to think of a few because a lot of people liked that Nitro episode last week. And yeah, all guys. I'm just trying to figure out what else we can kind of pick Kyle's brain because again, it's been ten years for me, so any of my any of my pointers are going to kind of be ancient because the last nitro it had a fly bar on it. Um, yes. So Kyle, I know back in the day Save I was to, the fly bars. <laughs> <laughs> I know back in the day I was a big cool power guy. Kyle, I know you've been flying Rotor Rage for years. Uh-huh. Um, when guys are starting off, what do they buy for fuel? Because they're not buying you know ten to thirty percent airplane fuel. They're not buying car nitro fuel. What percentage and what what fuels can people expect to buy and for for a helicopter?
2: Yeah, uh, like you said, it's not airplane fuel, but it really just depends on the engine itself. Um, 30% is the most popular fuel. So there's Byron fuels, there's Cool Power still around, and Power Master, I think it's called VP now. But it's just basically you want just something between 30 and 15%. Uh, right now on the OS 105, I use 22.5% and 15%. Uh, we did a lot of testing with that, and that proved to have more power uh, compared to the 30 So if you have, like, an OS 50... Or a 55, that thing runs absolutely awesome on 30% fuel. Or mm. uh, OS91 did great on 30%. So uh, just look for 15 to 30% in uh, any reputable brand. Be good to go. Is there an octane difference between helicopter nitro and airplane nitro? Is that why you can't run one versus the other? You know, I'm not totally sure. I think I asked Byron's back in the day, but I don't. I think there is some sort of oil difference in them. Okay. Um, I'm, not, I'm not totally sure.
3: So, so another good question, Kyle. You've got a guy, he doesn't mind getting his stuff all greasy and messy. He wants to try nitro. I've seen you fly almost every size nitro from the beginning. So, guy's got a couple hundred bucks laying around. He's ready to take the plunge. What size do you recommend? Do they start with a 600? Do they go full 700? What I know, I know for you, you've loved, you've always loved the 700s because the, the hang time. But what mm-hmm. do you think the ideal? Because hell, Jeff in our club is still flying. Is I think it's a 600 nitro, and he loves that thing. You, you, do you think smaller, bigger? What, what do you think?
2: Well, of course, I'd love to sit here and tell you to get the new Goblin Nitro. But uh, really, I think the best size to start with is a 50 or a 600 Nitro. I mean, they're super cheap. Uh, well, all things considering, they're super cheap. Um, okay. They're super strong. You can get parts anywhere depending on the model. It's a nice size, not too big, not too small. Uh, they make great power, and they fly for like seven, eight minutes uh, depending on the engine and setup. So, So it's a good size. I like that one.
3: I started, if you remember, I started with that JR, what was it the Ergo 30, oh, and wow. I had that for what, like three weeks? Because, <laughs> I mean, I, I ran a tank lean and I, I tried to auto it down once it had no hang time. And then, you know, Chucky was selling his Raptor 50SC, and that's what I had for the entire season. So mm-hmm. I like the 700 or 600, but going 30 size. The engine had no balls and it had no hang time whatsoever. I don't really think they make 30s anymore. Yes.
2: No, they, they they really don't make 30s anymore. The only thing that's close is like the Gowie NX4, but that's really it.
1: So a 30-size motor would be for what size heli? Is that a, a 450 size or 500? Uh, they swung like
2: 520s, I think, right, Chris?
3: Yeah, it, was, yeah, it would have been like the 550 of to, like It would have been the uh, T-Rex 550 of today.
2: Yeah,
1: exactly. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> yep. So, wow, that's kind of – it's funny because you said a 30 is a 550, a, a 60 is a – a 50, sorry, is a 600, right?
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Yep. So you're you're getting actually a lot bigger motor for, um, for something that, you know, swings, you know, per se 50 millimeters bigger blade.
2: Yeah. I mean, the 30s, they had no power, and they sounded absolutely horrible. They were so loud, and, man, no matter what you did, they always sounded lean and freaking nasty. But <laughs> – I was what, never a big 30 fan, that's for sure.
3: And what's cool about the Nitros, you know, we're not so electric guys now. We want more horsepower. You know, we're going from 3S to 4S, or so we're going from,
2: mm-hmm.
4: we're
3: taking a 570, 6S, and we're putting a 12S power system in it with l- smaller batteries. What's cool about the Nitros, you can get a lot more horsepower just by doing a little tweaking. You, um, I know fuel, different fuel ratios, like Kyle mm-hmm. mentioned, will give you more horsepower. The pipes were a big part of it. You know, the Curtis mm-hmm. Youngblood pipes and the Muscle yeah. pipes were popular back then. Kyle, have you played with any different pipes on the Goblins yet to to see the difference? Or are you still running whatever the OS has?
2: Uh, no, I'm still running the OS Power Boost. Um, that thing's been working really well. I would love to find a Hattori somewhere. I think they went out of business, unfortunately. Hattori Japan did. but Sure. Uh, yeah, just right now I've been flying the OS Power Boost. But like Chris said, you know, pipes can make a big difference. Curtis made a great pipe back in the day. I think they might still be available. I'm not entirely sure on that. but. He did. Uh, he did a good pipe, and Hatori did a great pipe, and Funtech, and there was a bunch of brands out back in the day.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hear the RCHN, guys talk about it all the time, especially the Hatori pipe.
2: Yeah, Hatori was just an incredible
1: pipe. So easy to tune, sounded great, just had ridiculous power. So, how does the pipe affect, like you know how you said it's so easy to tune? Like I don't really understand it. Like I could understand that you know it's more, I guess, in the car days, right? Like talking about cars it's more free-flowing and you know just has better output but like i don't get how that in turn works with tuning well half of tuning is how it sounds
2: so if the if the pipe can get a cleaner more true sound of what the engine's doing you can better like analyze what the engine's running like so with the it is more of a smooth kind of like a, a lower sound so it was really easy to tell if it was getting hotter if it was too rich now with some other pipes they're always kind of tingy and loud so you're, you were never really sure if you were lean or if you were just listening to the pipe. Yeah.
3: So so Kyle, and I know the answer to this, but gov- <laughs> governed or V curves. Now the only reason I ran V curves was that's when I was flying Icon. So I kind of I kind of started flying the Neo as the transition to the, as the gas was leaving me going to Ron. Um, mm-hmm. I know he went through some issues trying to figure out the magnets and the governing. But what's your take on modern govern today versus where we should, we we grew up on V curves? We didn't have governors back then. So, what's you've seen a technology change? You now fly governed versus V curves. What's yeah. your take on that? You've seen it evolve.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, like Chris said, we didn't have governors, so we just did a V curve. And for those of you who aren't familiar with that is, that's just a V curve in your throttle curve. So, when you hit mid stick, it would bring down the total RPM so that it wouldn't overspeed. Now, it's changed, of course, from V curve, and then there was something called throttle limiters, which didn't really hold the RPM, it would just stop it from going to a certain RPM. Right, uh, and then I then now we have our governors now. So it's obviously gotten better over the days, and uh, I truly believe the V-Bar governor is probably the best governor out there in the world right now. Uh, that thing is so consistent and uh, holds RPM extremely well.
3: Now, how is how is that working? Because I know I bought the aligned magnets for my. I didn't know what I was doing with them, but Carrie um, <laughs> told me to buy the aligned sensors, and Ron finally figured it out. I think he glued them on backwards, and that's why he was having he was having a back tune issue. And then um, Drew finally got the goblin you know, flying form, but what what how is the sensor actually working? It's it's hooked to the flywheel or the engine or what is it how is it getting it's getting what is it, a magnetic pulse off the flywheel as Yeah, it spins? I wanted
1: to ask that, how does a nitro engine actually govern itself or like how do you get that to work? The clutch bell or the
2: fan, and then there's a sensor that you install that picks them up. So one is facing positive up mm-hmm. and one is facing positive down. And as it comes around, it's reading that and then telling the uh, governor what RPM it should spin. So it's just reading magnets and you know figuring it out how fast they're going from there. Uh, the other option, which is the one I use, is a backplate sensor. Uh, it mounts to the backplate of the engine and it reads uh, it reads the crank going up and down and reads RPM that way. Oh, okay. Spectrum makes one.
1: Oh, nice. Um, so. You know how, like in a V control, you set your sensor and stuff. Like, how does how do you how would you program that with uh, the backplate sensor?
2: Yeah, with the V bar, it just asks you for sensor config, uh, sensor configuration. Which, if you're using magnets, it's just how many magnets you're using, which usually you use two. And then for the backplate sensor, you just tell it you're using one sensor. That's all you need. Oh, okay. Yep, then you just tell it the gear ratio, and I think that's about it.
0: Is there a difference between nitro and? uh, electric setup as far as the fly bar controller goes no nothing at all so it doesn't know it doesn't know any difference okay
2: no it has absolutely no idea what uh what engines in it which is kind of nice that way you can if you have like your 700 setup and you really like how it's flying you can just load
1: the file over and it'll fly exactly the same within reason at least nice so talking about the fly bar now i know nitro is obviously you know it's a motor you're going to get more vibration right so is there anything special mm-hmm. you need to do with the fly bars controller um,
2: I don't know about other units. Uh, I can speak to the V-bar that you do not. Uh, they supply some 3M tape and it Good. works with either electric or nitro. Now with the Goblin, we have the, the unit pretty far away from the engine. So vibration is not an issue. But back in the day, uh, we would use foam and a metal plate yeah, yeah. or foam and some tape uh, just to get rid of all the vibrations. But nowadays, the gyros have come so far, you really
1: just don't need that. Nice. That's awesome. So, you're not looking at the logs and getting extreme vibration alert. I <laughs>
4: don't <laughs> even
1: look at logs. It doesn't bother me one bit. <laughs> nice.
2: If it goes in, it's probably my fault. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Um, Chris, you got any more questions?
3: No, I think we covered it. Um, I mean, it's not that much different than airplanes other than governor. And like, like, like Kevin just asked, even with my gasser, the only thing I did was I took off the ESC. And mm-hmm. I just programmed the V curves. I touched nothing else in the icon when I did it. It's the same helicopter just running a gas motor versus an electric, you know, speed controlled motor.
1: I do have a question. Um, so, you know, how, okay, you have a governor, right? So, you know, you said, I guess, do you set a governor gain on the, say for the V bar, because, you know, that's what you fly. On the NEOs, do you, you set a governor gain on that? Yep, there's a
2: percentage and you just kind of tweak it and tune it for the setup. Um, if you go too high, it'll kind of bounce around on the RPM and kind of sound like it's almost vibrating a little bit if it's too
1: high. So how does the V, how does the Neo control the motor to say, "Hey, you're you're hitting, you know, max RPM or whatever"?
2: Oh, uh, it's just talking with the the throttle servo and it's just working together and ah, reading, okay, reading right. RPM reading RPMs from the uh the uh, the governor sensor like the backplate that I use. Mm-hmm. So they're just they're all talking together and. Working together very quickly <laughs> to to keep the RPM the same.
1: Okay, and and now what about nitro and overspeeding?
2: Um, you mean like the the overspeeds that Burt
1: used to do? Yeah, yeah, or just you know how people do it in electrics. Where uh, I think Tao Roll He yeah. he makes that thing like Wah! and just like just Man, sounds those, like it's gonna those explode. Things, <laughs> those things
2: scare me so much. I <laughs> avoid doing it at all costs now. But yeah. Oh, it's just uh, it's just the one way bearing in the main gear or the main gear or in our case the the one way pulley on the goblin uh, mm-hmm. doing it. So you could, in theory, you could do it, but I don't think it would be as dramatic as it is on the electric. But mm-hmm. I'm just too scared to try it. There's too many spinning things that can fail, especially at that RPM. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just
4: so, uh,
1: dangerous. I, th- I think I've heard somewhere that like overspeeding your nitro, you'll like throw, you are like you basically break your engine, <laughs> like you'll force the engine to to go faster than. You know, physically can or something.
2: Well, not really, because there's a one way in the in the rotor head. Okay. So you're just unloading the head real quick, and the one way is kind of doing all the work for you. Right. Okay. Yeah. What you're hearing there in the overspeed is the blade spinning at like thirty six hundred,
1: four thousand RPM. Oh, my perfect head speed. (laughs) Good for TikToks. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. Um. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I love head speed. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's the asian in me or something I just, <laughs> just keep going up until you can't go anymore yeah <laughs> awesome so when you when you uh when you tune a nitro engine once you get a tune, you're basically getting the optimum rpm out of the engine and then and then when you adjust the head speed that's just how does that like kind of coincide with each other uh, it's
2: just getting within the power band of the uh, the the engine and the gear ratio. So the engine's spinning at a certain uh, certain RPM itself. So, however the engine, however fast the engine's spinning, plus the gear ratio that you have on the model. So oftentimes the manufacturer will tell you, you know, 1950 or 1980 will be right in the power band. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you just kind of tweak and tune until it makes the most amount of power without spinning too fast. Okay. It. Yeah. It just depends on the gear ratio on the engine.
0: Do you have to? Set the mix every time you start it up, like you're going out there for another weekend. Uh, not mix, set the mix, but uh, well, I guess it would be the the fuel air ratio. Like I've seen the guys with the gasers, the gas planes, uh, or the nitro planes when they start them up, they're always playing around with it at
2: first. Not really. Once I don't know about YS, but with OS, once you tune it, you're kind of done with it. And I think it's the same with YS. But the only thing I kind of change from time to time is the uh, the idle percentage. Okay. Uh, like kind of like the trim. Uh, but other than that, if I'm just staying at home, the uh, the the tuning stays the same. It only changes if I take it to you know a different elevation, different state, different country, stuff like that. But right. within reason, it stays pretty much the same.
1: So even with like extreme differences in the temperature, because I know that affects uh, that usually affects nitro motors.
2: Yeah, well, within summer I keep it all the same, but when winter comes around, I gotta change it for sure. But uh, yeah, if I'm just flying throughout summer, I really hardly ever change it.
0: Okay, that's cool.
1: And Makes you, easy. you said yeah. you do like maintenance every uh, six months. I mean, how many flights do you get in in that time? Like, what does six months to you look like, you know, flight count wise? You know, oh, man,
2: I, I wish I could give you a number. I wish I was as good as Chris with you know logging flights. But uh, in the summer, if I'm practicing, I fly every day, probably ten flights a day. Um, wow! So it's a lot of flights at the end of the year. Um, yeah. So, wow. So usually, usually in the winter, I'll take every single helicopter apart. Check the bearings, check the servo, check you know main gear stuff like that. Service it if it's needed, but I just do that so that you know if I'm flying in the summer, I don't have to worry about it. And isn't every heli you work on a Kyle Stacy edition? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess if I touch it, it can be a Kyle technically Stacey right. <laughs>
1: I have the
0: Anthony Garcia edition three. There you go.
2: It's
1: a good guy. I, I actually do have your five seventy KC, and I, I love that size. I love that heli. Um. I, I don't know. I've I've kind of become like a fanboy to the three-bladed stuff. Um, nice. Do you know if there's any future, like, future release of getting a three-bladed tail on that? On the 570? Uh, we talked
2: about it. But uh, I think just kind of like the night show and the Black Thunder kind of took its place. Mm-hmm. So maybe late in the year we might see something. Okay. Um, right now we're just doing uh, the night show and getting that out. But uh, it's possible sometime towards the end of the year maybe. Yeah. Yeah, cool we, though. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, dude, I love it. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> well, we let the cat out of the bag this week with that. I should have mentioned that and what I was doing this week. What purchasing a uh, five seventy from Chris KSE.
3: We, we converted them, Steve. Yeah, he Hi. did it. Yes,
1: I've been uh, I've been pushing like every single like you know how Kevin like earlier was. uh, Talking about, oh, you know, work 12 hours and, and I'm just like 570 in my head. Like 570, 570. <laughs> I know you're going to buy a 570 soon. You got it. Well, we talked yeah. on the
0: way back from Ohio. You were like, well, how many hours of overtime would you have to work to buy a kit? <laughs> and I'm like, we were going through it over.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Dude, I mean, uh, that's, for me, I think the 570 is like such an awesome size. It's easy to transport. It's so, you know, big enough. It flies big. Um, but I gotta say that the last time I was flying the, the 700, I, I did get a lot of enjoyment out of the just the hang time and stability in it. That mm-hmm. that was real nice. That's cool. I think
3: I think for Kevin the 570 is really gonna step up his game. I mean, Steve, you and I were talking earlier today how much you and Anthony and, and Kevin have advanced in just the last month of flying. I think mm-hmm. for for Kevin's first biggest bird, I think this is gonna open up a lot of avenues to his flying.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, being being a you know a goblin too, like they just they just fly so well. Um I think yeah. I mean Kevin, I mean seriously, not not to blow up your head any more than it already is. But I mean that last that last flight you did with the Goblin three eighty, I was just like, Where the hell is this guy pulling all these tricks out of you know, like what? (laughs) I felt like I started linking them all together. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you were like Jeff? Yeah, just like what? What? Seriously? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. As yeah, like I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you've been simming more or you just been like you know, screw it. I'm going to go for it, you know, because... I've been
0: watching the Kyle Stacey videos frame by frame. That's no. what's been <laughs> interesting. <Don't... No. laughs> Actually, I did watch one of his videos. I-, I couldn't even tell you which one it was. But he did this... Uh, and, Kyle, I can barely understand what's going on. You're like Joe Satriani with guitars. I like, you're from <laughs> another planet with this flying. Yeah. And I'm like... So there's one move that you were doing. You were doing like a inverted pirouette. And then you would go up and the tail was to the left. And you would kind of go... Out of that pirouette and come back around inverted and flip it or something, and I was like, "Oh, that looked like I was like, I know what he did there." Um, so I got the sim out and I was trying that, and I was like, "I'm I'm dying to try that." Like, in reality, nice. Yeah, so so I okay. I'm doing it on the sim a few times because I've been getting the inverted flying down slightly, like uh-huh. uh, inverted hovering is no big deal, and I've been having a good time with that, and just yeah, so I'm I'm gonna try that.
3: Kyle's, Kyle's transitions are flawless, and I, I tell him. I joke every weekend. He's I'm, I'm videotaping for him. He's taping for me, and I swear to God, I tell everybody I talk to about Kyle. He's ten maneuvers past, and I'm still trying to break down what he did ten maneuvers ago. Right. So I'm like, oh, I like that move, and he's already ten more ahead of me. I'm <laughs> going, what the hell is going on here.
0: And I have <laughs> to. You have to give some credit to whoever's doing the camera work. I don't know if that's you, Chris, in some of these videos. Probably most of them that I've seen. Yeah, it's most like. Of I don't know how you're even following them, like, and you're you're pretty tight on them too. And I'm like, jeez. Yeah.
3: yeah, everybody comments on our videos, and it's it's Kyle and I at the field. Our dads come out, you know, fly with us. But mm-hmm. if it's a Kyle Stacey video and he's not with Sab, I'm his photographer, and if I'm flying, he's my photographer. So nice. we go hand in hand, and we get videos up together. What's nice is we fly
2: uh, like together enough that I kind of know what he's going to do, and he pretty pretty much knows what I'm going to do.
1: So it makes videoing pretty easy. Nice. That's and cool. I fly
3: a lot slower, so it's really easy for Kyle <laughs> to
1: follow. So, so, Kyle, tell us the truth. Do you ever get bored watching Chris fly? No, no, no. <laughs> no. no. Okay. Never,
3: never, ever. I get bored watching Chris fly. <laughs> <laughs> I get bored <laughs> watching myself fly, too, sometimes.
1: <laughs> oh the
2: only God. time I got bored with Chris was when he had that gasser, and that thing would just never never run out of gas. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Forever flight
1: times. Um,
0: oh, wow. speaking of those bigger uh i don't know if that was a gas or your scale one chris but i just saw somebody on facebook had like a bell that looked I like yours i thought it was yours at first no
3: uh and, and yeah antonio posted that he flies over in arizona with um with a bunch of the guys it's that's that's the same model i had that's the rcr9 bell 429 super scale ah. cool. and that,
0: that was electric though right
3: yeah, that was identical okay. to mine. Probably different servers and motors, but everything else, is, that's how you factory buy it. Same decals and everything.
1: Yeah. I was like, oh, nice. I recognize that. Yep. So, so Kyle, I mean, as far as your flight skills, I mean, you're, like, like Kevin said, you're just out of this world. How do you even come up with these moves? Like, I feel like some moves where, like, I see you now, like... I don't know I can't even describe it because I'm, I can't process it in my head but it almost looks like you're doing a roll but like off axis while you're doing a circuit <laughs> mm-hmm. or like you do like a figure eight and during the transition of the figure eight you kind of do like a little quick roll but the tail looks like it's I don't know I can't even describe it like how do you come up with these moves you just kind of not bang sticks but like just kind of move the sticks and be like oh there's something cool you know. Yeah, pretty much. I spend a, quite a bit of time on the simulator,
2: just playing with different stuff. And the main thing that I focus on is getting a core uh, kind of pattern and maneuver. So, like you said, I'll, I'll have a figure eight, mm-hmm. and I'll come across the center and do something, and then go around the other side. Or if I'm doing a circle, I'll do you know something on each each uh, ninety degree point. So it's just kind of taking something simple and either changing the uh, the kind of the direction or the axis I'm doing it on, and just kind of giving it a different spin.
3: People people think the stick banging's you know all fun, no no skill. But there's a lot of skill in it to keep it in one piece and and fly it as smooth as Kyle does. But the, yeah. the, where I enjoy his flying the most, to show that he is a true number one pilot in the world, is when he goes up and does XFC every year, Extreme Flight Championship. Okay. He'll go out there with his dad, and his, his dad has a ruler, and, and you know he has to do every maneuver coming across at perfect center. And Kyle gets very stressed, you know, months leading up to XFC. But if you want to see a precision pilot. Mm-hmm. How much time Kyle puts into his XFC routine, and how, I mean, you have to be spot on dead center. And, <clears throat> and I mean, there's so many rules and regulations to compete. And you know, stick banging, most people said, oh, everybody can stick bang and make it look cool. You know, you can't tell if there's a mistake. But just as much as he's stick banging, watching his precision flying, I mean, it it's spot on..
1: So that, you. I mean, when I watch his his, you know smack like hardcore smack videos, I'm just like, He's precise. He, that helicopter is not. There's no corrections I ever see. Like it's like one move to another, like perfect, like you know, just exact. And I'm just like, okay, I already lost orientation, and I would have drove it in. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that because occasionally there is a correction. I just try and mask it in uh, some way, shape, or form. So I'm glad to see. Glad to hear that you didn't
1: see him. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. So, so when you. When you call like, getting ready for a competition, right, or or whatever, like, how do you, how do you like, think of your routine? Like, how do you develop a routine? Um, I just,
2: I, I break it down into what maneuvers I want to do. So, usually in the beginning of the year, I try and focus on new, different, like, innovative stuff that I try and come up with. And then from there, I just fit it to music. So, when you look at a maneuver, you can kind of picture in your head what it would sound like, I guess, if you see okay. each point you stop at, or if it has like four points to the maneuver or whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, then I just try and find music to suit that and just mix it all together. So I can put a routine together in a day and then, you know, work on it for a couple weeks, just kind of finessing it and uh, getting it all worked out. But it just, it all comes down to the maneuvers and the music.
1: Okay.
3: Kyle, for the people who don't know about Urcha and the one competition, talk real quick a little about what the one competition is and the crazy, I mean, every year in the past three years, people have stepped it up, stepped it up, step it up. And you've won, You've now taken it. You're the first person, I think, ever to win it two years in a row. And last year, you had to catapult. You had to smoke. And and tell people a little about what the one is and how the hell you and Bobby and all the crew come up with these crazy ideas.
2: <laughs> well, the one competition is something that's done at Urcha mm-hmm. uh, on Saturday. You get uh, seven minutes to put together a flight. You can use multiple helicopters. You can do you know, special effects. You get seven minutes to do whatever you want within reason. And uh, this year was uh, probably the craziest year as far as special effects that I went with. Uh, uh, me and my good friend Bobby Watts came up with the ideas together. And then uh, with the help of my dad and Art Hughes and Beast and Mike Gata, we all uh, worked together to make it work. Uh, so basically what I had was uh, 3D FPV for one segment. Uh, yes. I had an F- FPV camera set up and uh, did
1: 3D flying with it, um, which is what? kind of difficult. Yeah, it was a little difficult. <laughs> like, yeah, so so go go over that experience because I I I can't even fathom like what perspective the helicopter is just flipping around doing its thing. Like, even even doing, like, you know, full pyro flips, like, what are you looking at out of those goggles? It's a bunch of clouds and a bunch of grass. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, like, cloud said, grass, cloud grass. <laughs> yeah,
2: when it comes down to maneuver, and like I said, second nature, I just kind of know the stick movements for it. So, okay. I knew what I wanted. It was just, like, basic flips and TikToks and stuff. But I did what I knew the sticks had to do. And then mm-hmm. Bobby told me if I was going up, if I was going down, coming in, coming out, and stuff like that. So, okay. I did the stick movements, and he just made sure I didn't hit anyone or anything. Um, Right, right. Okay. So I was so happy when I got through with that because that was (laughs) the hardest part of the entire routine.
0: That's funny because I was going to ask you earlier when we were talking about multi rotors if you ever tried that on a helicopter, and I was like, nah, it's probably a dumb question.
2: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) one time, and I'll probably never do it again.
0: (laughs) There was some movie I just saw, like, recently within the last year. I think it was, um, oh, God, Tomorrowland, I think it was called. Where the girl had an FPV helicopter, and I was watching my wife, and she's like, "Oh, can you really do that?" I'm like, "You can do it, but you're not going to be able to do it." And I was like, "There's no way to actually do that because not too many people fly, you know, multi rotors that well, you know, as it was done in the movies."
3: Right, Kevin. Have you seen Have you seen a video or no?
0: Of I didn't even know that existed. No, of Kyle oh. doing that with with uh, yeah, FPV. No.
3: I'll text it to you tonight and then in show notes I'll link it. I'll I'll stick it on a Facebook page on Friday for all the listeners. But I mean, as basic as Kyle's saying the flips and rolls were in FPV. All of us try doing that line of sight and we can't make it as clean <laughs> as he did <laughs> FPV.
0: That's I can't even I can't even my mind can't even wrap itself around that, dude. That's crazy.
3: He, he, he start, Kevin, he starts it off catapulting that helicopter like fifty feet up in the air. Yeah, wasn't it in like a box or something or
2: yeah, that was, that was a, quite the project we did. Um, we built a box that was on four wheels and powered by Scorpion Motors, by the way. That was an RC nice. bus. <laughs> nice. uh, we drove it out to the flight line. And then on the inside, there was an air-powered ram that the helicopter was sitting on. And uh, it was pretty complicated, so I'll just kind of give you the Clip Notes version. But uh, we opened 3,000 PSI worth of air. Launched the helicopter about fifty feet in the air, uh, started the blades, and then started flying. Oh wow! Jeez, yeah, that was I broke probably twelve helicopters working on that project.
3: Wow! Now, Kyle, these these boys are new to the helicopter world, and and they they think that's crazy. Now, you had to one up what you did last year. Briefly tell the guys what you did last year, because that was just as much as a heartache to get it up to the point of you winning. All the, all the hardships leading to that point.
2: Last year, or 2014 it was, was uh, only one circus trick. Uh, and what that was, was uh, I climbed up real high in the sky, okay. uh, went, in, went inverted and hit throttle hold. Uh, and then I hit a switch and a parachute came out. <laughs> so the helicopter's falling from a parachute, stopped the blades altogether. Uh, now it's just free falling like a person from a parachute. Okay. Detach the parachute, Turn on smoke. Restart the blades, then finish the flight. Oh,
1: jeez. I mean, so when you restart the blade or even when you, you know, uh, you know, pop the heli in the air 50 feet and you start the motor, I mean, like, th- there's no tail control, right? Like, does the helicopter just kind of spin out of control until it gains enough head speed and tail authority to counteract that
2: well it, it, it's spinning up so fast that tail doesn't have, even have time to spin around i mean it it's it goes from blade stop to fully ready to go in about two seconds oh so no slow start then <laughs> <laughs> No, <not laughs> really. i tried slow start once and i i broke some blades but
1: helicopter number 17 i was gonna say
0: i'm good with the arduino i could put a couple blinking lights on it but holy crap <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. oh man. Insane, yeah you gotta man. link those videos chris i, I gotta check update. that out yeah for sure and I'm sure our listeners would love to check that out.
0: Oh, cool, man. So, Kyle, you still can come up with new stuff? Like, uh, <laughs> you haven't gone through like the whole
2: like, catalog um, of stuff? You know, it's funny. Bobby and I had a pretty crazy idea for this year. But uh, I don't think I'll be doing the one contest again. Uh, there is some politics aside that I don't really want to get into again. Yeah, I think I heard about that. Yeah. Uh, just due to some personal reasons, I won't be doing it again. But if we, uh, for whatever reason, do a demo together with Bobby, uh, we might have a cool idea. I meant, like I meant just new maneuvers, like yeah, oh. <laughs> um, yeah, some new stuff that I've been working on. Uh, That's awesome, I man.
0: I would think you know you, you can learn all this stuff, and you're like you know almost like a guitar player stuck in a rut. I hate to keep going back to that analogy, but
1: well, you, know, you used to. I mean, you play guitar, so <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, it's just I would I would think you know you get to a certain point where you're like I can't really come up with anything.
2: I don't even think we've scratched the surface on what these helicopters can do yet. So really, I mean, it's just really, yeah, I, I think there's a lot more 3D maneuvers out there. Oh, I that's awesome! Just,
1: I think we're just barely getting into it right now. That's good to hear. Yeah, I mean, when when you look at your videos and all your videos, kind of like you know through your progression and stuff, like I mean, do, you, how do you like? I don't even know like how you name those moves. Like, do you have moves that are just named after you or something? Woo-hoo, woo-hoo. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, know. That's
2: what I was talking about. I really don't name them. I just know what they what they are. And people go, "Oh, go do that one spinny flippy thing you do." And it's like, yeah. "Oh yeah, that's
3: okay, yeah,
2: sure, no problem." But uh, yeah, I don't really name them. <laughs> it's hard to come up with a name that doesn't sound a little weird.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, just trying to name like, you know, like okay, you're off axis, this, that. Pure this, or I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Like, and you think that we really haven't scratched the surface, huh?
2: I just think there's so many more possibilities, different angles, different directions. I mean, I don't know. I just think there's a lot left. That's cool. Now, I think we'll get to a point where the helicopter limits us. You know, I I don't think we're there yet, but I think it'll get to a point to where, you know, stronger blades, bigger blades, more powerful engines. So, I don't know.
1: You know, right future, that's for sure. 200 setting on the Neo and have that pure rate like <laughs> like a blur of tail, just like a ninja hey, star flight through the air.
2: Just disable the gyro and go have fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, man. Exactly. You know, I know we have a lot of listeners um, that are not really into helis or just maybe getting into helis. You know, what kind of tips and stuff can you – or recommendations can you give to our listeners that would help them like – you know, maybe get over like a plateauing of, hey, I have forward flight down or I have tail end hovers. Like, you know, how do you get to a point where you're comfortable and you, you know, can do like, you know, I don't know how to describe it. I guess I mean, yeah. But yeah.
2: Um, I mean the best thing that really helped me was a simulator. Uh, the, the 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 thing I see people struggling with the most is worrying about crashing. And that's the worst thing when you're trying to get better. So with a sim, you know, obviously you you pay the two hundred dollars once to get it, and then you can crash a million times, and it doesn't cost you anything. So, right, I would just say get a simulator and just keep pushing yourself. You know, if you go out one day and work on one one maneuver, you know, work on another one the next day. I mean, there's so many different opportunities you could do. So just uh, just keep going for it. The sim is the the sim is the best thing you can do for yourself.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I have trouble simming. Um, my main thing in simming is just the death. Perception of it like i I feel like i gotta put my face like right onto the screen to like because i don't know the helicopter ends up being too far away and i'm just like yeah i can't see it reset (laughs) you know yeah 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 for sure uh
2: just get a big screen
1: (laughs) that's true
3: well that's how i
0: sim my face is on the screen i have to wipe the snot and drool off the screen
4: (laughs) Uh, but yeah and
3: and have a driving factor i told you guys a couple shows ago how hard kyle pushes me I get, I start to get comfortable with the maneuver. Then I go out there to work on it with him and I get halfway through and that thing starts coming towards me and whatever, you know, maneuver I'm trying to do. And I bail out of it. And he's like, why did you bail out of it? Just break it down and, you know, keep, keep trying. I, I go, you know, 10 mistakes high and he laughs, but with, with me, like I'm right now, I'm still trying to get the pure flips down on the bigger helicopters. I don't know why I can't do it. The oxy I can stir pretty good. And, uh, last season, and this season, more, um, Kyle always breaks the maneuver down for me. So he'll have me do a couple flights, to just half Piro, half Piro, then try to connect to a full Piro. Mm-hmm. So, so breaking it down for me is is helping a lot. Yeah, so, that's a good point. So
1: talking about Piro flips, that's kind of one of my goals for this year, for the season is to to get – now what, what's what's a half Piro and what's a full Piro? Because I feel like I'm confused. I'm getting confused about the, the differences.
2: Yeah, that's something that uh, Chris and I were just – We are just working on last time.
1: Um, The best
2: way to do it is just do a half pyro and a half flip to get yourself inverted. So how you start it is you do a quarter flip so the nose is down, half pirouette so the tail's down, and then back elevator so you're inverted. That's a half pyro flip.
1: So so the way I do it is I basically push the heli forward. I'm I'm rotating the tail. And then when I come back around, I'm tail in inverted. That's a half Mm -hmm. pyro?
2: That's correct. That's a half pyro flip.
1: So then what's a full flip? Is that just continuing that to upright, or is it like rotating the heli more before it goes inverted?
2: No, nope. a well, full flip is going from right side up to inverted, then right side up all in one continuous motion. That's one complete pyroflip.
1: Oh, I'm doing full flips then. Well, there you go. <laughs> I told right you, kind of man? But, yeah. yeah.
3: So if you start tailing, by the yeah. time you do that stir, you should be in the same tail and orientation. That's a full flip. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: okay. Yep. Yeah, you were like, awesome. I think I'm doing halves or full. And, You know, I was like, I think you're going all the way around.
1: I thought it was that when you, like, every flip, half flip, I guess, right, so upright to inverted, back up, that every flip I would rotate the tail full 360, which that's why I thought I was only doing half pirouettes because I'm only, you know, yeah, I mean, some people probably look at it differently, but as
2: far as I'm concerned, as long as you get one pirouette done within the one flip, that's a pirouetting flip. So and, as and you pro- the... as you progress, you can add more pirouettes per flip. So I don't even know how many I do per per how many well, pirouettes I do per flip now. But you do two,
3: Kyle. Yours is usually two to three per per pirouette flip. I'll take your word for it because okay, I
1: Okay, so, <laughs> so so even though you're rotating the tail more in in that full flip. Mm-hmm. It's still considered a full pirou flip. It's not like a double pyro or
2: I don't know. It it kind of depends on the definition you look at, but as far as I'm concerned, either if you do one pirouette per pirouetting flip or mm-hmm. three, it's it's all the same in my opinion. It's just how fast
3: you're doing it. It's it's ending it's it's ending in the same orientation because last that's why I love flying with Kyle last week. I can do full pyros, but I start traveling either I go right or I go right and up, so I can do a full pirou. But it dances a good ten feet away. I go, Kyle, what the hell am I doing? He goes, Oh, too much up elevator. So, I work it again, and it's starting to get close to center. I go, Okay, what happened there? He goes, You gave it too much negative collective. Yeah. Like, so it's so cool to where he knows what I'm doing wrong. And he just tells me, Break, you know, you're doing too much of this stick. You're doing too less of that stick, or, or raise your gains, or you know, try this.
1: Yeah, one of the things I noticed learning that is that once I go from like going into the invert portion is not a problem but coming out of it i end up giving too much negative at the wrong timing so that it starts to track the heli to the left
4: mm-hmm.
1: and so like i actually tried with the 700 because it's so floaty and that's why last uh, two weeks ago when i was practicing that i didn't really give too much negative that like the inertia of the pop positive and just kind of stirring the stick real quick you know i made it to do a full pyro flip and still be in the same plane or axis, like same, you know, location.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So
2: yeah, the, the, the collective's really sensitive on the, on the pure winning flips. You really don't need a whole lot. It's just yeah. enough to keep it up and then enough to keep it down. So,
3: and that was my problem, Kyle. I don't know if you remember, well, you should remember, but like oh, yeah, my, 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 my favorite, my favorite <laughs> first maneuver to master for a couple seasons was a tick And, my TikToks started hundred feet up and I could tick tock. But every time I ticked and tacked, it just kept falling and falling and falling and falling. And I was doing it wrong. I was dumping the sticks back and forth. Kyle's like, I go, Kyle, why do I keep falling out of the sky? He goes, well, you're dumping more collective versus cyclic. So what I did, I started working on it. And Kyle said, lots of cyclic, very little collective, because the cyclic will keep it, you know, hovering where you need it. And by season two, my TikToks, I can walk them back and left and right down the field now. But my problem with being, you know, kind of collective pitch happy was mm-hmm. I was dumping so much collective in my TikToks is it wasn't keeping inertia in the lift. So it just kept dropping out of the sky. It was, it They're looking like tail slide TikToks.
1: Yeah, no, I know I do the exact same thing sometimes. But I feel like at this point now, like, I know that if I'm falling, I just give more so- cyclic and, and maybe a little more pop on the collective, like, when I when I stop it, you know, so that way it could kind of bring it up.
0: Um, that almost sounds like what you're not supposed to do. You know, like <laughs> give it less um, – not what you were saying, Steve, but what you were no, saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, Because I do the same thing now. Like that's how I'm doing them. Mine kind of fall out of the sky, and I, I give a lot of collective.
3: And you yeah. don't need it. Kyle, the key thing Kyle told me was if you can time it right, mm-hmm. you, you can actually gain collective pitch with your cyclic if you're timing it right.
1: Right. Okay.
3: Now, now when you're doing
1: TikToks, do you like – I call it double tapping on a collective. Mm -hmm. I mean, at a certain point, like I know I learned like that kind of do more rainbowish type TikToks where it's like you stop it and then you pump it out and stop it and pump it back and forth. Mm -hmm. At a certain point, when you're doing like the really quick ones or the cyclic ones where you just – the Aileron TikToks and you're going really quick across the field, like that's just kind of going back and forth real quick. I mean there's no way you can like double tap, double tap, you know, like – yeah, there's, there's, right. no,
2: there, there's no stopping and then going. That's just stopping and going at the same time. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, if you slow them down more, it's definitely how I like to do them is I like to give a lot of negative or either or maybe positive, depends on the direction, or just to stop it and make right. it real abrupt and then go again. So it's kind of like the double tap thing you're saying, just get it to stop real hard and make some yeah. noise and then start again. Right, right.
3: I always thought my helicopters were set up wrong because I'm like, how can he ail around Tic Tac so quick and I can't? I go, it's got to be his radio, his servos, then he'd fly my whatever X model at the time and he could do them that quick. And I can I can dump the sticks as fast as I can. I still can't get him to go half as fast as him. So it's 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 all timing. It's timing and, and stick control, which I apparently don't have.
1: Wait, so <laughs> it's not like just you know, I'll just turn up my cyclic rate, my head speed, you know, two hundred and my head speed yeah, to you know, twenty-four. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, it's the 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 best thing I like to explain to people is that any pirouetting maneuver uh-huh. Is the exact same stick movement. Any pirouetting maneuver is the same stick movement. It's just timing that changes. Oh, huh. pirouetting flip, piroufano, pure tick pure TikTok. It's all the same stick movement. The only thing that's changing is timing.
1: Uh, I mean, pure funnels, I just, or pirouetting circuits alone. I just, uh, like, I don't know. I find it like, okay, it's just sitting there hovering, and then like, okay, I want to move the hell a little bit. Um, you pirouetting hovers, and it's like, okay, let me move the heli a little bit to the left. And how do you like? At what point on the heli do you like? Okay, I'm gonna go a little nose, little tail. Like I don't know. That's how you start
2: out. Is you just you direct it at each at each point you see. It's like, oh, tail in, or I give Mm -hmm. aileron or whatever, to the point to where you know how fast you're pirouetting to how fast you need to stir the cyclic. It's just something that you learn. And oh, you'll get so there. you develop a stir. Okay. Yeah. I mean you'll get there once you do it enough, you'll figure out the stir on your own. And before you know it, you'll be moving it around without even thinking about it. Nice. Yeah, it's just a stir that you figure out based on the pure wedding speed. Oh awesome. Kevin, I know you were
1: about to say something.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say I gotta stop the podcast and go get Advil, because you guys are like really way <laughs> beyond
4: anything I can even
0: <laughs> think of. No, I think I was going to say um, the one maneuver I like that I've I've seen Kyle do and probably other guys do it too is when he comes down the fields, I don't know five ten feet off the ground and he's just in a straight line and he's doing that aileron tock real fast. Yeah, that's just so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a fun one. Is that all it is? Is just get up some speed and
2: come down and then start doing a TikTok? Pretty much. I mean, you just come in with backwards inertia and just start doing TikToks. And then what you can do is you can change the rudder. See, so either stop it or start going the other way. You just you just tilt the whole model in any direction you want it to go, and it'll
1: just it'll fall that way. Yeah, hmm.
2: yeah, and that's fun. It just it just takes some uh, precise timing as all.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, I need to work on that time. Because, because that's one of the, the moves I've been trying to learn too. It's like I'll do like a tail slide from the right side, you know, like a stall turn tail slide, and then I'll just go right into a you know a, an aileron tick tock. And, but mine's slow. It's like tick-tock, 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 you know? <laughs> and, and, like, I don't understand, like, I, I mean, I thought it was, like, increased head speed and, and, like, having your cycle rates really high that you can, you know, that that model will just go back and forth super quick like that. I didn't know that it was just basically all timing, being perfect timing, you know?
2: Yeah, well, you got to have some decent rates to follow it. But, yeah, the, the general feeling of it is just, you know, getting your collective and your cyclic time together real well.
1: Huh. Yeah. So, so I'm curious, what rates do you run on air your, your V control for like say a 700? Uh, one uh, 120 agility, 120. 120. Yep. And what about your tail? That too? Uh, 130. 130. Okay. Yep, 120,
2: 130. It doesn't like what I found with the V bar. It's real nice. I can just use the same values no matter what helicopter. So tail agility and cyclic agility follows the same for uh for every heli I have.
1: So does that make every heli depending on even depending on size kind of? F- react the same or feel the same
2: yeah i mean i run the same style setting in the v bar on all of them mm-hmm. and <clears throat> same expo same same agility so i have a pretty good feeling what it's going to fly like before i even get in the air nice makes life real easy
1: gotta love that neo that v control
2: yeah buddy <laughs> it's life-changing isn't it
1: you know it i, I... I mean, I, I had to, you know, stick my foot in my mouth the, uh, I don't know, maybe like four episodes ago or five episodes because I, I straight up said nah you know, I, I like the V control. I think it looks cool. I, I tried it on uh, one of Anthony's Hellies, um but I just can't see myself, you know, moving away from Spectrum. And then <laughs> the, the week after, not even a week, I think it was a couple of days after I'm talking to Chris and I'm like. Oh, you know, yeah, kind of, you know, I do want to get a V-control, but I might I I really want like the white one. And that just was a trigger point for him. He just like <laughs> dude, like literally an hour or two later he's like you want to buy my V-Control? I, I just bought the white one. <laughs> he shows me like the shopping list for it. I'm like, oh, damn. And I'm like, now I kind of feel obligated. Not obligated. Well, yeah, a little obligated because he just dropped whatever, 800 bucks or whatever <laughs> it is for the the new white V-Control. And I'm just like, ah. Oh, oh Chris. All right. Let's
3: do it. <laughs> well, it's very convincing, isn't it? But it was the best move ever because, like, look at Dan Reed, Mister Anti V Bar, and the last four anti-combin. episodes. <laughs> the last four episodes, all Dan can talk about is how easy the yeah. setup on the V Bar is. I mean, the V Control, yeah. it's it's game changing. It really is. It really is. And I, I, you know, Anthony would
1: say it all the time to me, and I was like, but I'm okay with the icons, you know. It's, it works for me, you know. I'm not Kyle Stacey. I don't need like the high end, you know, best of the best stuff. Like I'm okay with it. But, oh man, like especially last week, building that tariq uh, oxy and having it set up so quickly and just having and it just it just flew. I didn't have to adjust the tail gains, I didn't have to adjust anything, no cyclic bobble, nothing. it just worked, but then God forbid if
2: you did, it's like two turns on the on the dial there, and you're done. no computers, yeah. no tablets, no control panels, nothing like this, it's just all on the radio, it's awesome. yeah, yeah.
3: I was, telling, I was telling my dad the other day, so Kyle's out there, and what were we flying? Oh, my, uh, it was my Trek. So I had only had like three flights on a Trek, so I'm like, all right, Kyle, for me, it always flies the same. I need you to tell me if I need to change something because I don't fly hard enough to feel a cyclic bobble. So Kyle goes up there, to, does a tuning flight for me. He's like 20 seconds in, he's like, oh, you've got too much gain on the head. You know, you, you'll feel a bobble if you come in on a hard cyclic stop. I'm like, all right, we'll land it. We'll tune it. He goes, he goes, no. He sticks the radio up over his head so you can see both the helicopter and the v <laughs> No way. He hits the button, scrolls the wheel. He, he does another cyclic pitch pump. He's like, oh, still not enough. Tunes it down. He goes, okay, you're good. I'm like, so that's what real-time tuning is? He goes, absolutely. That's and how t- I always
2: do it. I haven't landed to change a setting in, since I got the radio, bro. <laughs> really? Insane. That it takes so, too much time. Just put it in a hover. takes <laughs> too much time. <laughs> 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 yeah, just put it on a hover. You're good to
1: go uh, geez. Oh, geez. yeah, dude, I, would, I would so drive it in because I, <laughs> I just would I'd be paying attention. Okay, click 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 Uh, what is that setting? Oh expert <laughs> You know like oh my god, I, it would be over people would be right. screaming at me like you're losing I control <laughs>
2: I, I think I scared chris a little bit. He's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs>
3: yeah, and I didn't realize I thought you always had to click the the dial kyle because i'm set up the piper Cub yesterday I realized if you just turn the wheel, you're yeah. automatically in that menu. I thought you always had to click to get in. So nope. now I know how quick on, on the fly it is. And, yeah. and, and, and we'll, weeks to come, boys, we'll talk about the, the V-plane because I didn't really mess with it much. And in, in the, in the little Sport Cub that Anthony's buying, I really didn't play with it. I just set it up, and it was just kind of my you know Sunday flyer to mess around with Kyle. But with the Piper Cub, I really want to play with the features. And I was talking to Kyle Dahl today and I was watching his video on the V-plane. What's cool about it is we don't have the trim buttons like we do on Spectrum, Futaba, you know, right. X-Radio's X out there. Yeah, yeah. So what's cool about the V-plane feature is you set up a bank. So you tell the bank switch before you fly, and it's it's self-level mode. So if I take off, I'm just going to fly the – Kyle said he can set up in like 20 seconds. I'm going to do my first pass down the field with the Cub, and if it's climbing or banking, I'm just going to hit that assigned switch. It's automatically going to self-level – and do all the trimming for me. I unflip it; it has saved it. So there's no, there's no, click no. switches to do. That it's 20 seconds and it pre-trims mm-hmm. and you're done. That's no it. way.
2: It's awesome. Jeez. Oh wow. Yeah, you just hold a switch and it'll it'll trim itself and beep when it's done.
1: Wow. It Is there anything the like that for the heli side? Like if you know you're getting drift, like if it's will um, heavy or something, and you can. It's a, it's not a bad idea to
2: do a trim flight. It doesn't beep at you. You just you you turn on the trim flight, hover it for you know 20-30 seconds and turn it back off but i mean uh, that just kind of keeps it more stable in some stuff it's not needed by any means but
1: yeah it's I don't not a bad I, idea i didn't even know that they had that okay yeah. <laughs> nice yeah, the plain one's pretty sweet though yeah that's awesome i can't that makes trimming so much easier mm-hmm. so h- how's buddy boxing with the, the v-control wireless <laughs> okay good <laughs> i expect none you know nothing less than that but um like i don't know is it like the spectrums where you hit a hitting any control surface will automatically take over like how does that work you know to be completely honest i've not
2: used it more than you know one time but from what i've gathered it's it's pretty much the same with that you can you can give them as much or as little as you want as far as controllability like you can give them just aileron or just elevator. Or oh, really? You, you always control, like the master always controls RPM and stuff like that. So it's, it's pretty cool. It's got some nice features. As far as taking over just by moving the stick, I'm not sure, but I wouldn't be surprised if they had that.
3: And I, I know we've already lost Kevin as soon as we started saying the word Mikado like 10 minutes ago. Um, but another cool feature, I'm going to do a video on a V control in a few weeks here. One of my favorite features is before I saved up enough money to, to buy my radio, and before I joined a team, I wanted to do testing with it. So Kyle let me borrow a mini V-bar, and I have a radio. So what's great about these is every time I get to the field, he'd let me borrow one of his spare radios. We'd click in the buying mode. Within 20 mm-hmm. seconds, I had my model set up, and I was ready to fly. Or say I'm in a rush to get to the field. I put the kids down for a nap, and I, for heaven forbid, I leave my radio at home. Kyle always has at least two two radios at the field. You don't even need your radio. So if, if you or Anthony forget your radios at the field, it's yeah. literally a twenty second click the bind button and it's it's everything saved in the Neo. So you don't need your own personal radio yeah, to fly yeah. your own model.
1: Yeah, yeah. I saw that um firsthand when uh Anthony was letting um our fellow club member John John uh fly I think it was his oxy. Um yeah. The one that you bought and he was just like, Okay, it's on, yeah, bind to it and then, boop, bind to it, he flew, and then he just binded right back to his radio, and that was it. Yeah, so, like cool. So that way you never have to relearn someone else's, you know, gimbal tensions or anything, you know, it's just it's whatever you, you know, it's your radio, it's your radio. And yeah, what's cool is uh, my buddy from, from SAB, his named Sebastian
2: Gabuti. He, uh, he flies mode 3, so oh. throttle and rudder is on the other side, so I had a model set up, and I wanted his input on the tune, and you know, before i would be like, Oh well, let me, you know, reset it up with your radio and you know, it's just not that way anymore. He just binds to it and he goes fly. So, so
1: So it doesn't
2: so. care like that nope. he's mode three? It was nope. just work? Yeah. Everything is saved in the V bar. It doesn't even know it, it well, it knows, but it doesn't care that you know he's mode three. He could be mode fourteen for all that matters. I mean it just doesn't even notice that. All that's saved in the radio is just your
1: your switch assignments and whatever mode you fly. Hmm. Wow. So Kevin, um... no, I'm not buying one. <laughs> come on, <laughs> sorry. Come on, I know, I know, a couple of people from the club that buy your all the icons you bought off of me. <laughs> uh,
0: dude, I'm gonna continue with the icons. I think I give them by the end of the year. He'll be switched.
3: <laughs> I give them by the end of the week, and I like, come up with my family. <laughs> oh jeez.
1: <laughs> well, you, you know, we know a certain someone that's kind of getting out of the heli, you know, Mister Garcia. Yeah, Mr. Garcia, you know, multi rotor fanboy. It's funny because I was like uh, by text, they we're like, "Oh yes, cool, you're gonna get a uh, Chris's, you know, sport cub," and I'm like, "Yep." Now then, he's gonna start selling all his multi rotors next. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna get to play. <laughs> nah, well, nah.
0: Well, I was gonna ask. Um, right now, I'm on the icon, and I'm on. I what. I'm on like sport 3D, and I think the last one is advanced 3D. Yeah. Uh,
3: yeah, a pro. It goes Something like that. Be- yeah, beginner, extreme. beginner, sport, Something. pro, extreme.
0: Yeah, go, go, go straight to extreme, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know when I should move over to that. Like when I get a bowling shirt with my name on it, or do I like? <laughs> when do I, like, move over to that. I, <laughs> I mean, don't... dude. The, the
1: things, the things you're doing. If you're gonna, if you're trying to learn TikToks and stuff like that. I think you should just go. Like, I mean, I I didn't even wait. Like, as soon as I switched from B to Icon, I just went pro oh, okay. to the highest extreme setting, just because I want the heli to have that agility and for me to learn, you know, better collective and better stick management. You know.
0: Well, I got the sport. Maybe I'll set that up. You're yeah.
3: fighting. You're fighting the model, Kevin. Because if you're flying beginner or sport, you're trying to excel the model to do maneuvers that the program's telling you, nope, you don't have the expo, you don't have the rates for it. So I, I'd go to okay. up to at least pro. Okay. And you'll you'll feel a huge difference.
1: Okay. Yeah. Do
0: it.
3: <laughs> I will. Mikado, 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 Mikado.
0: You guys talk, the numbers you guys talk about the stuff, though, man, it's like, ugh, I don't know if I, could, if I could handle it. Nah,
1: that's not bad. I mean, you know. Every
0: year, every winter, I got to hear how we have to move. So I got the wife yelling at me wanting to move.
4: Yeah,
1: but well, I might uh, be moving at the end of this year. So luckily, she does not listen to any podcasts, so she has no <laughs> idea. Uh, that's great. Um, yeah, no, I think you should definitely try it, Kevin. Yeah, I think, I'll, I'll try the uh,
0: advanced on the sport. Yeah. Oh, well,
1: yeah. Just, just go, just
0: go extreme. Go, go yeah. all the way to the right. Um, Whatever that last one is, because I'm on like the second to last one to the right.
1: Yeah, you're on like mild 3D. I think you should go to the extreme or yeah worst
3: case you just have to land it get out your laptop get out the cord (laughs) plug it in in. sync it up and go through all the menus to the final menu and change it then you can go fly and try it out
0: charge your battery it 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 is it 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 really is and like
1: i've gone to the field and i'm like like you know you're not there kevin and i'm like okay i'm gonna do my tuning on my icon i got this already i turn on my laptop and it doesn't turn on i'm like Crap. Dead. <laughs> yeah, like, shit. I forgot well, to if I get a
0: long that. enough USB cord, I could do what Kyle did. i just have to have the, tab- the tablet <laughs> up in my hand. <laughs> I don't, know. Oh, I don't know. That would be pretty bad.
2: I, I wouldn't. <laughs> <you. laughs> would be best, best of luck to you. That's all I'm saying.
1: Yeah. do to
0: make a, a Bluetooth thing I can use? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do it, for, for Android.
1: Oh, yeah. Screwed. Well, no, there's an iOS app now. You got to pay for it, and you got to pay for it. I think they're... Um, ms msh's uh bluetooth module but yeah you can there's an ios app though but um i mean uh, yeah i don't know the neo is just having it on the radio is, is so nice and i think that's why all these other companies like jetty and uh three digi are all kind of following suit you know well i can yeah the, the radio is amazing
0: dude when the first time you flew with it and came down and had all those numbers uh
1: you know, of your flight oh, yeah. and all that stuff. I was like, wow, this thing is really amazing. With the UI sensor, that thing is... I mean, That's it's not cheap, cool but it's like, oh, crap. I just ran, you know, 4,200 watts in the Goblin yeah. 700. That's cool, you know? Yeah. Like, it seems like a lot to me. 130 amps also, you know? So... No, yeah, that was
2: pretty impressive.
1: That thing is pretty sweet. That UI sensor is awesome. Yeah, I just... I'm, I'm just... The price is just kind of... Come on, how yeah, much are yeah. the jetty telemetry modules? Like, you know, depending on the average, you can get them as cheap as like 30 bucks. Come on. <laughs> but, it, but it's a jetty. True. <laughs> so <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, no, yeah. <laughs> so does anyone else have any questions or things they want to talk about in the main topic area before we uh kind of move the show on?
3: I think we're good. I think the listeners will be happy.
1: Oh, there's actually a couple things in the the news section.
3: Yeah, I threw those up today.
1: Oh, yeah, I did actually add one thing to that, but yeah, why don't you go ahead and uh, start, off, start it off? Then?
3: As uh, surprisingly as it sounds, I thought a line was going under because you haven't heard anything except for the pilots who still fly them, mm-hmm. um, but they had some rendering. I think it was Jamie Robertson last week had some 3D renderings. Yes. I guess they're finally falling suit to the economy and um, they're going to come out with a three-blade head and three-blade tail for some of their models.
1: So, a line. I also heard that I think it was uh, Assurance RC. Like one of the main American distributors is dropping them.
3: Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of talking on of forums, where, oh, the line's finally done, but they're not done. It's yeah. just a few of their distributors are dropping them. So,
1: so then, what does that say for availability of getting kits, parts? You know, if there's not many distributors,
3: it's, it's going to hurt them. I mean, it's, Thunder Tiger went through the same thing last season. Um, they lost a lot of their distribution, and a lot of people sold off their kits thinking Thunder Tiger was done mm-hmm. um, until they got their redistribution. So it's definitely going to hurt their numbers, but what have their numbers really been? Once SAB hit the market in yeah. it, 2012, Kyle, it, I mean, it was Thunder Tiger for years, and then when I got back in the mm-hmm. scene, everything was aligned. And then once that, once Tarek and you know Bert started flying the Gablin, the rest was kind of history.
4: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: So I wish them luck. It's just... I'll never touch an the line again. The, the models aren't bad. I learned a lot of my maneuvers and, and training on the line. just their electronics lacked for years, and I think mm-hmm. that hurt them a lot because, you know, people were buying super combos. The first thing you saw a week later was the, the, the poor electronics were up on a forum. So people like the airframes, yeah. it's just, they didn't go. That's, that was my problem with Futaba. I mean, it took 20 years for me to walk away, but the problem there is they just weren't expanding to today's technology. So a lot of the features mm-hmm. of what I wanted just weren't there, and that's why I moved over, so i wish I wish a line of luck. I mean there's still great models, and we'll'll yeah. we'll see how it goes. They were just talking about i, I got caught up on r c Helly Nation uh podcast today, mm-hmm, and the guys too. were yep. saying, you know you know Kyle, we watched Kyle Stacy every one of his competition models went three bladed head and tail last year. do you think mm-hmm. jamie and and uh Ben Stork and all those guys are gonna f- start flying that in competition so we' we'll, we'll see, probably, but I feel like it's a little late in the game now, yeah. And then the other note I had, I just added it. I actually got the email earlier. I didn't really read it, and my dad forwarded me the email. Um, I guess the United States or Customs or, I don't know if you guys even heard, it, it came through on the wire today, but I guess there's a new policy for LiPo shipping. Did you guys hear anything about that?
1: No, no but I've been hearing a lot of complaints from folks, especially like um, ordering things from Hobby King and stuff, that like, sh- like, if you want your order quick, don't bundle it with a LiPo, like get get a lipo separate or something so yeah, yeah heli, okay.
3: heli heli direct actually sent me the email saying if you if you buy this product it might be on hold until i don't know i don't know what it's about it has to, obviously it has to do with safety of shipping but i ordered two new pulse packs last week for the logo mm-hmm. they came in two days so i think it has to do with when you're ordering multiple items it's just how they handle the lipos um and distribute them is going to change a little okay so hopefully you guys will know more next week. I'll forward you the email I got from Hellie Direct, so we, we, you guys can comment on it next week.
1: Cool. Hmm. All right. And I added a bit of news. Um, we have a new member to our podcast team. Yes. I want everyone to welcome our friend Nick Simpson, who will now be our forum manager handling our, our forum on the, the Flight Test Forums. Um I kind of, I don't know. I mean, I didn't really, I, I kind of dropped the ball last week, but didn't because it was the April Fool's joke. I didn't want to, you know, have myself post, Hey, you know, episode 16 is released. So, um, you know, I kind of just didn't do it. And then, so Nick kind of took it upon himself to do it. And we're like, uh, and I was just thinking, it's like, well, oh, one less, uh, thing that I got to worry about. Hey, Nick, you want to continue doing that? So, uh, yeah, he agreed. And, um, he's uh going to be taking care of that responsibility for us which is awesome. So yeah, Nick's um, a great guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah Thanks, for, Nick. for for those um that don't remember him he was on the the uh Wonders of Electricity redux episode uh the electrical engineer student that um you know set us straight you huh. know with the battery technology and and what you know C rating means and stuff like that and what it what does it mean again, Columbus? No. Colum, Columbus. <laughs> Columbus. I don't know. Once you said that,
0: it's the amount of that... ships that Columbus could get from the Queen <laughs> to discover America. Yeah, and it was the rate that they left Spain. <laughs> no, that that's good. Bringing
3: him on because you guys can focus on flying and getting the podcast out every week, and then yes. you know, Nick and I can deal with the back end of the technology side of it with the website and the forum mm-hmm. and and all that stuff. So it's it's going to be nice.
1: Yeah, definitely yeah. going to be nice um all right so what's next for you in the hobby let's start with kyle Ooh. next for me
2: um this year i'm doing a whole lot of traveling uh, going around to different uh different states different countries uh going to different events uh, just showing up the sab stuff uh you know finding the night show and uh, the black thunder Nice. other than that uh just playing with fpv you know just i'm not real big into it right now it's just kind of a side thing that i play with but uh, i don't know maybe fly that some more we'll see
1: So like when you, um, I mean, so you've probably gone all over the world to fly, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. wow. Pretty much everywhere.
2: Not quite everywhere, but I've uh, covered uh, quite a bit of land, that's for
1: sure. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's awesome. All all through Europe, England, Germany, Mm -hmm. Italy, Taiwan. you ever go to like Australia, New Zealand, or maybe
2: Southeast Asia? Uh, I got a chance to go to New Zealand earlier this year, and I just got invited to Australia in October. So, we'll see. nice! Wow! Yeah, New Zealand was awesome. That place is
1: gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it looks very like cool there. Amazing pictures. <laughs> yeah, not bad at all. Yeah, enjoy that flight though. Hopefully, oh, they fly you business man. or first class
2: because.
1: Yeah right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I'm in the back with the cattle man. I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm six feet four. Four inches tall, and I don't fit on airplane seats whatsoever.
0: That's what I was gonna say. I said Kyle's not a small dude, man. He's yeah. he's pretty tall. I was gonna ask you how tall you were. Jeez,
2: yeah, he's a yeah. Ke- he's he's a Kevin. <laughs> I don't fit anywhere. That's just the problem. I don't fit anywhere.
1: Oh man, I yeah. mean, I remember when uh I went to Moscow, and you know, I, I mean, I'm only five eight, you know, 180 pounds, <laughs> and like sitting in coach, it was annoying for 11. You know, I was at six, yeah, 11 hours. It was annoying, but. I mean, oh man, to be 6'4, <laughs> like to be, coach, especially coach these days. Yeah, coach just, and then uh, 16 hours. Uh,
2: Ooh. Ouch. 16 hours and a whole lot of sleeping pills, my friend. Oh,
1: yeah. Yes. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, how, how do you bring your helis when you travel? Like, do you just FedEx it or do you bring it on board?
2: Uh, I have a hard golf case. It's uh it's just a case that you you get for you know bringing your golf clubs on an airplane and uh, just uh, bubble wrap and foam to protect them. But that's really it. It's just a hard SKB golf case.
1: Nice. Yeah. I've I've heard some horror stories with uh, like TSA and and you know. <laughs> oh man, they are rough people. I can tell you that much. Yeah, <laughs>
2: they are rough. They ripped off the wheel on my case and they put a huge dent in it. The last
1: time I played, uh, so and the is okay, <laughs> yeah. Somehow, man, I don't know how. It's crazy. So, 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 how many helis can you fit in a golf case? Like, I mean, I'm guessing you're bringing, you know, 700 size helis. You're not bringing really anything small, right? Um, if I want to fill it
2: all the way to the brim, I can bring four 700s. What? Wow. wow. Yeah, it's a big
1: case. I can bring four of them. And and then what about your light poles though? Because now there's a restriction on milliamps on the flight, right? Like you can't bring you know too many packs, right? Within reason, I, I
2: I'm not totally up to date on the on the rules to be honest uh-huh. with you, but it has to do with the amount of watts per per battery. Right. And what I'm bringing is under the limit, so ideally I can bring as many as I want. Um, yeah, I, I just carry them on. I put them in my backpack and just bring them right through security.
3: Yeah, but what about your uh, Helimaster's ordeal where you got your batteries a month later? <laughs>
2: Yeah, that was from shipping them. I've I've shipped them before, and especially overseas, it's so unreliable. So I just I try and bring them on, but I I have had them get taken away from me before. So it's kind of hit or miss.
1: And then then what do you do? Like if okay, so like say they don't arrive, or and you just get packs locally, like you know maybe Mm Pulse is there, and you know you can get a couple packs from them, like. Do you break them in? Do you just say, screw it, charge it up, and bang <laughs> through them? Like, no, I, I went to Helimasters a couple years
2: ago, and the packs uh-huh. didn't arrive. And I just got some new ones, and just from the get-go, I just beat the crap out of them. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice. And, and what kind of C ratings do you run in your packs? Because I, I did see a post. Uh, I think you got new packs. and mm-hmm. um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but 45C. Yeah, 45. That's all I run. Really? And you don't puff them up instantly?
0: Nope, never. Wow. Well, the puffing comes from draining them down too much, I
1: would think. As long as you don't drain them down. Or or like you know, over discharging, right? Like if you discharge too quickly, like pull more seeds than it can handle? Yeah,
2: if you pull too much and for too long, you can puff them. But yeah, I just I keep an eye on them and take care of them. And, you know, they've been solid. 65C is nice and, you know, it gives you a good punch, but I think it just drains the packs too quickly. Kind of dumps too fast. Okay. Uh, uh-huh. So when it's dumping too fast, you run the risk of having a cell fail in the future. So with a different brand, I've had cells fail in the air with 65C.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's nice. one of the questions our one of our listeners, Javier, had is, um, it seemed to me that he was getting hung up on the C ratings. Like, you know, if you have a 45C and a 65C, um, you know, wouldn't a 65C drain faster? And I, and I basically said, you know, well, Kyle Stacy runs 45 from the picture <laughs> I saw. So, you know, I, I don't think, C rating is as important as long as, you know, you just kind of manage your batteries and, you know, and don't overdraw them. I think that's like the, probably one of the worst things um, is, you know, hit low voltage on a, on a battery.
2: Yeah, what's funny is a lot of the batteries out there, they claim, oh, we got 65C, oh, we got mm-hmm. 75C, oh, 80C, you know, whatever right. it is. But you can calculate the actual C rating through the internal resistance per cell. So a lot, it's funny the the some some people will say, oh, I have 80C. Well, you do the calculation. It's like, oh, well, you actually have like 40C, right, right? So it's just a lot of times it's just a sticker number, huh? But yeah, well, marketing. <laughs> it is. It really is. But with so, the internal resistance, you can calculate it.
1: So I'm curious, how do you do that calculation? Because I, I, I have this. I bought a used 12s pulse pack, 45C, mm-hmm. and on you know with my 700 I have the UI sensor. So I have a set where if it hits 3.3, it beeps at me and says, you know. 3.3 volts low voltage or whatever mm-hmm. um and you know when i'm doing TikToks, i'm like boop, boop boop i'm like what so i don't know how old the packs are i bought them used you know and i got them at a really good price so for for me to really I you know i don't really have a right to complain about it but it's like you know like how do you do the internal resistance check so i could actually figure out oh wait that thing's like 10c now you know or whatever it'd be to be honest i don't know the
2: exact equation um okay. Uh, my friend Justin Pucci, which I'm sure you guys know, sure. um, he has it, and I, I just run it by him whenever I'm curious what it is. It has to do with each cell internal resistance like mm-hmm. times or divided by the actual milliamp of the pack. So if you want it, I'm sure he can post it somewhere. And
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe I'll, I'll, public. yeah, maybe I'll uh, ask him on, on Facebook, see if he could get that info. Because yeah, I, for I'm sure. curious to see, because I have that one 12S pack, and then I have two 6S Pulse... 5,000s uh, that I use for the 700. And, like, I can, I could stick back. I could go far ends and and never hit that 3.3. 3. But with that, you know, used pack, I'm like, I don't know how many flights are on it. I don't know. The internal res- resistance is all like 5, 6, 8 ohms, milliohms. So mm-hmm. it's not like 20, you know, milli-ohms where it's like, whoa, it's really high. So I just thought the packs were good. But, you know, obviously they're not as good because, you know, my, you know v control is telling me i'm hitting 3.3 so right right it says voltage seg is yeah getting a little too low right right yeah but um cool um where were we that was a tangent <laughs>
3: <laughs> what are you working on next yes all right uh let's let's kind of go backwards on the list so kyle let's do chris next so my big thing is is finishing up at piper cub my uh my grandfather turned 92 a week and a half ago. So my goal is to have him stand by my side and watch this plane fly this summer. So um, I got a lot done the last two nights, as you guys saw. I was sending everybody, yeah. even Kyle, pictures. So really all that's left mechanic or electronically is I have to pull out the old servos in the wings and update that to modern servos. And okay. as far as the engine goes, I'm, I was on uh, – I need a starter because you can hand start this, but the engine hasn't ran since the 80s, so I don't know if it's going to give me trouble. Mm -hmm. So I I did a post last night on Facebook forums looking for uh, like a Habico or Sullivan starter. Found a couple of them, but I didn't want to spend, you know, 50 to 80 bucks on one.
4: Yeah.
3: I picked up a Habico starter last night, 12-volt starter on eBay. First bid was 99 cents. I won it for a dollar and it cost me like <laughs> 9 dollars to ship. So all I have to do is cut off the alligator clips,
1: uh-huh, yeah, solder,
3: okay. solder on an EC5, and I'm just going to run a 3S pack. So I could have the engine running because I'm not going to run it with a prop until I learn the, the Neo setup and if the thing's going to run. So to do this safely… I can go out in my driveway without a prop, and on the shaft that the prop goes on, the rubber cone will fit on it. So okay. if all goes well, this engine should be fired up within within a week. And after that, it's just finished the wings and and uh, cross my fingers and, and get this thing flying. And other than that, the logo is ready to go. So I'm hoping it's uh, – Kyle and I checked the weather before the podcast – They're calling for 30 to 32 degrees this weekend. Oh boy. We're diehards. I'm dying to fly. I know he's itching to fly, and I really want to see the nitros in person. So Mm -hmm. if if it's sunny and thirty, we'll be out there this weekend flying. So that's that's my goal. Get some flights in this weekend. Yes, sir.
2: Nice.
0: I don't think we have much better weather this weekend. We're gonna be cold as well.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna try to make it to the field. I'm kinda dying to fly. All right, so Kevin.
0: Yeah, man. I don't know what I'm working on, actually. I'm still working on that special project. Uh, okay. I don't think I'm going to have it ready for this weekend. Okay. But, um, this weekend, uh, I got a lot of things going on around the house. So I'm not even sure if I'm going to get out to the field. I'm going to try and get out there. I wanted to get out to help out with the, the tarp and all that that they were doing, but I don't think I'm going to get out there for that. I'm not sure. But, okay. Uh, I got the 3D printer coming Friday. so.
1: Oh, Friday. Nice. We'll see how much I get done once that arrives. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me know if you need any help because uh, you know.
0: But I really would like to fly that sport, man. Like yeah. Take it down the field and, and beat the crap out of it. Dude, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. I want to see you just, like, smack the crap out of that thing. Not into the ground, but, like, you know, smack fly it. You know, just oh. bounce it all over.
0: I thought you just meant smack it. Like I was going to say before I put the battery in, just smack it around. <laughs> yeah, no, it should be pretty cool. It's And and then what's the the blades? The Lynx blades are, like, cut flush. Like, they're... So I don't know if that's going to be a, make a difference.
1: What do you mean cut flush?
0: They're like, like cut straight. They're like Harley pipes that are straight cut versus like rounded. Oh, like you mean the, they're like the airfoil? The Zeal blades, blades actually have like a, a nice like foil round, roundness uh-huh. to it sort of on each end. These are just cut like at 90 degrees.
1: Yeah, I'm sure I'll be fine. I'm, I'm sure Luca did his testing.
0: Yeah, I mean the hover was great in the driveway. I just, you know, I can't drive it around in the driveway. Right. Because I don't have the room. But you can flip it and invert it, right? No, <laughs> I did that with the one eighty, and I
1: scared the shit out of myself.
4: <laughs>
1: uh, oh man, you know me. I'll just try it anyways. You, you know, I was flipping, I was flipping at Tariq and like Tarek and uh, just I don't know. I I I have to try TikToks. I have to see how that cyclic response is. <laughs> what did you run in that forest? Yeah, 4s oh, running okay. that e flight motor. Like it's such a janky setup. But you got that uh,
0: huge monster motor in that thing.
1: Yeah, it's like a twenty two twenty one size, I think, in a Noxy three. <laughs> Jeez. So, so, what are you I, gonna be working on? Um. So yeah, I need to. I I, I get worried with the Castle Light ESCs, um, as far as the BEC on it. You know, I know it's only five amps, and I'm running the, the BK servos, uh, all around. On that Tariq, yeah. So I want to get a Castle ten amp little B C and put that in there. I want to get the electronics installed on the dart. I have my my project for flight fest. I want to start working out the. Um, I'm probably just gonna have to hand draw it and then go from there and build it because I couldn't find any plans for that specific plane. Yeah, I did some searching myself, man. I couldn't find anything. So I'm just gonna be like, okay, I wanna. I'll probably just make a medium size, not do what you're doing where you do a smaller bird and then you double it up to, you know, make your, your big one. But I'll probably just pick 60-inch wingspan and then make everything proportional to that, cool. um, you know, and give that a try. Because I have the big TACON motor I could put in there and the landing gears I'll probably have to make because of the, the specific style of that that type of plane. Um, I need to work out more of the logistics for the – Free4RC Helifest. Yeah. It's coming in June 25th. Um, I'm going to start an E, what is that thing called? Evite registration, so that way I can have folks pre-register, and that way you can get a little better headcount of the amount of folks that are interested in coming. Okay. And, um, and then our Free4RC t-shirts, you know, <laughs> I totally messed up on the screens. <laughs> oh, you were sending me pictures. It looked good. And then I don't know what happened yeah so i i put the emulsion on there and it's all my fault i just got impatient and you know with screen printing you put the emulsion on and then you let it dry for like 24 hours um i put too much emulsion on like and then basically when i burned the screens they burned right and you use a power washer to basically remove any of the you know emulsion from the, the screen part that you want to print through so it kind of clears that screen part away um but yeah like everything else just started coming up with it because i just Jeez. didn't let it dry i either didn't let it dry long enough or i didn't burn it um long enough to, with the uv um light box because i laid it on way too thick so i got to power wash the screens get all that emulsion off redo the emulsion the light activate emulsion and then um and then reburn the screen so um yeah, there's a little delay in it. I'll, I'll definitely have it ready for <laughs> the podcast, the uh, the uh, Fest. But um, I you know I definitely want to get our shirts ready. Um, you know as soon as possible because I want to definitely uh <clears throat> ship Chris out one. You know get one out to Nick and you know and then for us. So okay. so yeah, we'll see. But yeah, that's about it for now. I guess. I mean, I just want to fly. I just want to. I just want to. Do my full pair of flips. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Having a week, uh, the
0: weekend off in the rain really <laughs> screwed you up, huh?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I find that um, if I don't fly every weekend, I lose a little bit of confidence in my flying. Like, you know, like I think we before last um, time we flew two weekends ago, you know, I think we had a weekend off or we were away. With did Ohio. we go to Neff? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think we went to NEF, So, not really flying a helicopter enough, or flying it and crashing it into the ceiling and the wall um, of an indoor fun fly. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, when we got back, I when I was flying the 700, the Oxy, everything just felt like weird again. Like, well, yeah,
0: I got to kind of figure out what I'm doing again. You know. Well, my first flight was like that. I was like, wow, this is kind of like little nerves, you know, going back and forth, and then. After that, I was like, "Fine."
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So, like, it takes a couple it. flights to get back into it. But did you did you see my first flight with the oxy? Um, that weekend after or whatever when we flew. No, I don't. I don't remember it. Oh, dude, like, I don't know. Like, I just like collective management just totally went out the door. <laughs> I was, you know, how I I've been trying to do the move where like you kind of like you kind of flip the heli forward and you kind of stop it. Not stop it, but you, you fly it in a, a knife edge forward. Then you kind of go inverted and you, you kind of like – it kind of like, like pond skimming, but the heli is kind of going – Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I know
0: what you mean. Yeah. I was
1: doing that with the Oxy, but like I was just aggressive with my collective. Like it was – the heli just – I thought I was going to smash into the ground like full negative, just pow, right into the ground because my timing was off and everything was just so – but, like, yeah, after that, I was like, oh, rude awakening. Let me relax. Let's just f- do some forward flight. Let's do some flips. Let's, you know, do some slow TikToks. Like, let's work it back in instead of just being like, yeah, I could do this. <laughs> yeah. But, um, cool. All right. So, Kevin, let's do the wrap up.
0: All right. The wrap up is I didn't see much going on on Podbean uh, as far as new listeners in new states. It looked like the same, so I don't know if Podbean's a little slow or what's going on, but uh, didn't see anything that caught my eye.
4: Okay,
0: did have a couple of uh, Facebook comments that I saw, and I gotta I gotta say, there was one guy I saw on Facebook. I don't know whether it was the Flight Test page or the Flight Test fan page, but he made an FT3D, and I searched and searched and tried to find it again, and he did a Red Bull scheme where he must have printed this this covering out. And he put it on an FT3D, and it, it looked amazing. I was oh, I was awesome. shocked at how awesome it looked, man. So I like wanted the to
1: Ilan racer red. Bull? Yeah, yeah, awesome.
0: I wanted to find it and be like, "Hey, man, check this out!" But uh, I I lost. off the to look through it, uh, do a more you know detailed search on my post because I'm sure I said, "Hey, man, that looks awesome" or something like that. Right,
4: right. Oh, but cool.
0: uh, Chris Breams was on to us early with the April Fool's joke.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: He was like, uh, "Yeah, my mom didn't raise no fool." He called his mom April, but then said, "My mom's real name isn't April either." And uh, Frank <laughs> Frank Moradillos, uh gave us a nice comment on Facebook. Says, "Guys, this show was really good this past week. I took a lot from it, like always." Thanks and uh, thank you, Frank, and thank you, Chris. Yeah,
1: yeah, I can't wait to. I, I hope
3: Chris. I
1: uh, hope Chris goes to. Uh, does he go to your Fun Fly, Chris?
3: Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's. Uh, yeah. He helps out. Him. Him and his daughter come out and they help us out with the show.
1: Chris, were you peeing?
3: No, I'm trying. <laughs> <not>. <laughs> no, I'm sending. Uh, I'm on YouTube. I'm sending Kevin those. Uh, I'm sending, <laughs> Kevin. The videos of Kyle and then I just forward you guys the email for that. The lipo. Safety from Helly Direct. Okay. <laughs> I'm doing every I'm I'm doing everything so I can go to bed after this. I'm freaking shot. I was going to uh,
0: say the same thing, Steve. I was going to be like, "Are you pooping?"
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. All right.
1: Uh. Yeah. So yeah, I, I definitely can't. You know, because he posts a lot of stuff on our page, and you know, I just want to show my appreciation. You know. So um. Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you, Chris Christopher Beams. Um. As far as Facebook likes, we do have a couple more likes looks like what four
4: yeah,
1: let's, yeah. let's give a shout out so we got tim von berg uh this is a a long name nicole brown justin cunningham and bob hendrickson and anthony jackson uh you got a Podbean shout out right yeah uh d gunawan one started following us on podbean awesome thank you Alright, um, drop us an iTunes review And we'll read it on the next episode You can email us at Free4RC at gmail.com Our Facebook page is Facebook.com slash Free4RCpodcast uh, Don't forget to check out our Web page, uh, Chris puts a lot Of work into it, so we appreciate The hits, uh, Free4RCpodcast.com And then uh, Let's see, we got our forums Which Nick is handling It's on flight test forums off the field audio, video production, other than flight test podcasts, and then free for RC podcasts. Uh, we still got some stickers. If you want a couple of our, you know, logo stickers, you know, send us your address, uh, message us, email us, and we'll get some out to you. All right, uh, Chris, you want to go over some of your contact stuff or?
3: Yeah, so just like always, just go to my website, three D and scale rc helicopters.com and that will link you to YouTube, Instagram, um, and Facebook page. That's the easiest way.
1: Awesome. Cool. And how about you, Kyle? Do You, you, know, you probably don't want anyone to talk to you now. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, just uh, facebook.com slash kylestacyrc.
2: That's my awesome. Facebook page.
1: Awesome. All right. Well, Thank you, Kyle, for uh, joining us tonight. And thank you, Chris, for getting this all set up. Uh, we really appreciate it. We appreciate the time you guys both took to uh, be on the show. Yeah, thanks, guys. I know we could definitely go quite long. So, sure. yeah. Awesome. No problem. Thanks for having me. Cool. All right. So, yeah. Guys, thanks all our listeners. Uh, free our skies, and see you all next time.
3: See ya. See you,
1: guys. All right.
3: Oh, so, uh, I just sent you a temp- I want Kevin to Two two of my favorite videos Kyle did in the last year. One is the one with the, where he won with the Ketipol and the SCV. But the other one, SCV, and guys